Hello, and welcome to Famicast 65, your Famicast for the latter half of September 2015. I'm your host, Danny Bivens. I'm back from the dead and uh, joined, as as always, by Mr. James Charlton. Nothing could possibly go wrong. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We're making history with this episode, Danny. Yeah. It's going to be epic. I don't say the word epic very often, but today I may use it more than once. Okay. Great. Well, also joining us here, another fan favorite, maybe, <laughs> uh, Mr. Ty Shugert. That's right. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> wipe, and... that pig's, wipe that pig's blood out your eyes. Come on. <laughs> Hail to the king. Always yeah. bet on Duke. Yes. And also joining us from, well, Japan as well, <laughs> uh, Mr. Cyrus Delaney. My computer may or may not be haunted by ghosts tonight, so uh, stand by for any technical difficulties. Yes. Bustin makes me feel good. <laughs> Yokai, watch Busters, that is. Yes. We'll have more on that later in the show. <laughs> Will we? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're going to go ahead and get things started off here with some talk about the Tokyo Game Show. So, as you guys out there know, uh, the Tokyo Game Show is a thing that just happened last week. I believe it was what the from the it was 19, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, and um, we all got to go. You know, and some sometimes not all at the same time, but we were all there at some point throughout the weekend. <laughs> yeah, there was some crossover. Yeah, yeah. except for with Cyrus. Yes, we all avoided the day. I mean, sorry, we uh, we unfortunately couldn't meet up with Cyrus. Yes. Sorry, Cyrus. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I don't already have enough ghost problems. Now I've got self-conscious issues, too. <laughs> uh, well, you ain't afraid of no ghosts, whatever. So, um, actually, between the... Well, in the whole group, it seems to me that Cyrus and I were the guys that played the most Nintendo-related games. So I think we're going to go ahead and just start off with maybe talking about some of the stuff that we played at the show. Um, you know, those guys did a really good job, you know, when I was dead last week uh, or last time doing the preview <laughs> for uh, TGS. A couple other corrections that I, mistakes that I made, actually, with the list. Um, yeah, for Square Enix, I guess when I was checking their lineup, it was way early well, it was like the beginning of September, so I figured they'd have all their stuff li- listed up correctly, but actually I think they still have <laughs> last year's stuff. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, Square uh, Enix made a mistake? That's impossible. Yeah. Well, I mean, I made a mistake because yeah. I figured Square Enix would have been on top of their stuff, but guess not until like about a week before the show. But anyway, I, I prefer to blame Square Enix rather than you. Okay, well, I'm, I'm used to getting blamed by yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll let you off for this one thing. Thank if you it, if it was Konami as well, I'd let you, I'd let you off for Konami as well. Okay. okay I'd blame cool. Konami above you. Sure. So, um, yeah, so I guess Cyrus and I are going to go ahead and kick it off with this kind of Tokyo Game Show new business type of thing. And uh, Cyrus, how about you go ahead and kick things off, man, about uh, some of the games that you played at the show? Yeah, so... This is pretty awesome for me. This is my first, like, press event that I went to Tokyo Game Show as. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've gone before on a public day, 
And I hated it. I hated public days so much. <laughs> this thing. There's like a million people crammed in. Every game takes an hour and a half to queue up for a minimum. And then uh, press day was amazing. I got to play so much shit. It was good, good times. So first did thing you, I went to... I did made you flash that badge? Like, oh man, I flashed the badge. I'm like <laughs> taking pictures and they're like, hey, 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 dudes. I'm like, oh, no, dudes yourself. Like, oh. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I hit the Monster Hunter booth first. Ah, good move. That's exactly what I did on the on the first business day that I went. I figured the queue was just going to get longer and longer for all these things. So oh, yeah. Monster Hunter, out of the bag, first thing. So, so I, you know, I also got to play, you know, Cross as well. So I might have a couple of things to say, but... Um, <laughs> about the bag? No, no, not about <laughs> the game. I played the game, actually. And uh, Sasaya, do you play Monster Hunter at all, or are you interested in the series? Or I was huge into Monster Hunter back at like Freedom Unite, the like the second PSP game. Okay. And uh, but after that, I just couldn't play it because it was too much of a time sink. I couldn't let myself play any more Monster Hunter. Sure. And uh, so I used to love it. Like I, I put about six hundred hours into the into Freedom Unite. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. So me, like uh, we had a group in college, and we used to play together as a in in a group. So like I put a, a lot of time into that game. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, hmm. How so about we, you? Have you played much of it, or? Well, as a lot of the viewers and probably <laughs> the other two jokers know, um, yeah, I've I've played a lot of Monster Hunter over the years, usually in very short bursts, <laughs> usually not spending my money, you know, on the games, except for the two times I did, and uh, kind of regretted. But no, I mean, I've played a little bit, you, namely recently just at the trade shows at Tokyo Game Show and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it was it's always been just a little bit too hardcore. Than, than to be something that I really wanted to get into. But I, you know, even starting last year when I played uh, 4 Ultimate at TGS, I felt like this is kind of going in a direction where it's getting a little bit easier, it's getting a little bit um, more accessible, but it's definitely nowhere near the point where everybody can play it um, or anything like that. But I'm pretty sure, Sai, you might have noticed this, but there are a couple of, there's a new type of a system in the game with the um, the different hunter styles, I think it's what it's called. Yeah, there's like the guild setup or something. Yes, because there's there are four different setups. Like basically, after you choose your class, choose whatever the hell you want. There are four different things outside of that that you can choose to kind of like enhance your play. And the guild setup is basically kind of like the same type of movement type of stuff that you would have had in uh, previous Monster Hunter games. It really doesn't change it that much. But then after that, they have something called Striker, and it's more offensive-based. Like, uh, it's you know, you could go a little bit more crazy with the attacks, apparently, with it. Um, then I think there's Aerial, where it does just like you would think, where you can, like, fling yourself off of monsters and come back down and, you know, beat the crap out of them. And then there's one called Bushido, where you, it's all about, like, counterattacks and evading stuff. So there's a lot of, like, risk-reward with it. Um, being the complete noob that I am, I, I went with the striker one because that was what the one of the booth um, ladies told me. I was like, "What do you suggest?" And she said, "Yeah, go ahead and do this." And yeah, I actually, you know, after I switched down from the medium uh, difficulty monster to the easy one, and then I found, <laughs> I found myself kicking all sorts of ass and I felt good about myself for the first time in my life. So, so is it is it more action orientated? That's what the trailer kind of makes it look like, you know, like just like massive combos and stuff and hitting the monster yeah. like hundreds of times with one one hit kind of thing. The way I looked at it, it was kind of like uh, 
so the the regular Monster Hunter series, like Try and all those, I would equate to like kind of like Street Fighter Two, where it's like a it's a fairly base game, and then this would be kind of like the Marvel versus Capcom version, where it's the same game, you still got one guy fighting another guy, but they layer all these extra like flashy mechanics on top of it. And Spider Man's in it. And Spider Man's in it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the so you get like with the striker class. I picked the striker class too because it's an easy mode. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so you get access to three super moves. So you activate these like really flashy special attacks by just tapping on the the touch screen, mm-hmm. and they like fling your guy across the screen in a in a big combo attack, and you can cancel those into chains using your different swings. So mm. it's definitely a faster beast, but not hugely. Right. It seemed like, yeah, it did seem like a, a bit of a step up to being uh, just a little bit easier to play, but still, like, complicated enough where you can't just be a complete moron like me <laughs> and go in and expect, you know, some kind of, I don't know, satisfaction <laughs> out of the game, unless you put the time in. Yeah, you really do have to learn this, the same as anyone. So I, I since I've got so much time in the previous one, I still kind of knew how to play, and that was that was fine for me, but... It's still like the really methodical, you have to plan your steps in advance. This gives right. you a little more leeway, but you do have to be really careful with everything you do. Yes, exactly. So do you think this is another step forward in like trying to get people, other than the super hardcore, to play it? Is it like, you know, like 4 was supposed to make that a little bit more welcoming? Do you think it is the next evolution of that, or is it more like just a sidestep? I, when I went in, I first thought it was a sidestep, because even though it's called Monster Hunter Cross, I thought it was like, oh, this is just a random experiment. But they didn't change enough for me to feel like this was a one-off thing. This felt like, we'll try this. If it doesn't work, we'll go back. But yeah. So is, feel... it, is it based on the 4 engine? So is it more like, you know, you've had 4G. Is it more like 4X kind of thing? Like... You're talking about visually or just like controls? Yeah, visually, like, and, you know, controls, yeah. everything like that. The, the, that. the village or whatever, you know, it's usually based around the village, right? Is the village the same? So this one, it, it's like a best of, cause it's, because it's X, it feels like it's like, hey, let's put everything in. So all the villages <laughs> from the previous games are in it. So you can, and it has like all the best monsters from the previous versions that all show up. And... So all the villages, all the, mon- all the best monsters. And they're all kind of connected somehow. Yeah, it's it's just like it's just the best of hits kind of Monster Hunter. Where it's like whatever, let's just throw everything cool at the wall at once in this one. Okay, cool. Yeah, listen to Sai. He knows a little bit more about this than me. I mean, six hundred hours compared to what, like three for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> and and that, and that three hours is split into thirty minutes across each game, right? Yes, that's over like seven titles. <laughs> and, of the, and of that 30 minutes, 10 minutes is actually the TGS demo, not the actual game. Yes. <laughs> Slightly yeah. exaggerated, but not far from the truth. It definitely Slightly. did keep a lot of the trappings of 4 from what I saw. Like, it, you have your two feline assistants, the little guys that follow you around help you. Sure. So that was, they, they upgraded the amount of those in 4. You have the target lock-on camera they added in 4. So mm-hmm. this, it's yeah. It it really feels like 4G plus with a bunch yeah. of super moves and things. 4GX. There you yes. go. They rotated the plus. You know, level. I was about to jump in and call it, you know, Monster Hunter Babies, like when you said you're playing it on easy mode. But then I remembered there's actually two Monster Hunter Babies games that 
TGS. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to <laughs> move on to that because you're talking about um, Monster Hunter game that is accessible to a lot of people, and they, you know, Capcom is actually thinking about this type of stuff, and they actually showed it at TGS, and you know, they they announced this a while back, and um, so I know you played this too, and actually, I'll let you start talking about it too, man. I don't want to. You know, cut you off or anything, but um, they, took, they yeah. took it too far, though. It's like okay, just, just wait, just wait. <laughs> so, Monster Hunter Stories, you know, is the new uh, thing, kind of in the Monster Hunter universe. And uh, Sai, do you do you know much about it aside from what you played? So, I the only thing I knew about this going into TGS was I saw that first cinematic trailer they showed at E3, I think, mm-hmm. and uh, which just showed like the really cutesy art style, that freaky, freaky cat, that, like. <laughs> It's supposed to look like Doraemon crossed with Azunyan from... Wow, uh, okay. <laughs> so, it, like, they're really just like, okay, what cute cats are on the market, and how do we make one? Doraemon. He's like... <laughs> sure, okay. And uh, so that was all I went in with, and I was really pleasantly surprised by this game. Mm-hmm. So, so, I, you know, I guess for some background for people that don't know, so as you out there are well aware, the world of Monster Hunter, basically the, the only part that we really see are characters that are doing that, just that, hunting monsters, you know, but this kind of brings a new wrinkle into the world where it's basically saying like, hey, there is actually another group of people, they're called like monster riders, more or less, and um, it's all about kind of finding like some kind of a monster in the wild, usually it's from the trailers and everything that I've seen, usually when they're in like egg form, um, and then you find them and you kind of raise them up. It's basically kind of like Pokemon mixed with Monster Hunter, but it's an RPG, like a turn-based RPG. So, and, yeah, like, you know, so I was saying, very, very colorful, you know, art, like, cel-shaded graphics, a lot more colorful than anything you'd find in, like, a regular Monster Hunter. So, um, but I guess moving on to the demo, uh, Sai, what were your thoughts on that, man? So, first up, I think it's one of the cutest-looking games I have ever played. <laughs> like, the, the visual style they went with is perfect. It's so good that uh, like I love a good cute game, and this is perfect cuteness. Sure. For uh, for playing it, it was like a really light RPG. Like they really dumbed down, not dumbed down the mechanics, but simplified them. So it's definitely aimed at younger kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I could actually see myself buying this game. I really enjoyed it. Is there, right. is there any resemblance to Monster Hunter whatsoever world, in anything? Apart, the world from, apart is, from that. Apart from the world, it's no, the mechanics are totally okay. yeah, dis- I mean, turn based RPG, you know, extremely complicated okay. action game. <laughs> I mean that's okay. what we're looking at here. <laughs> All the trappings are the same, like you have to you have to craft armor by picking up materials. The armor are all based on the monsters. But again, they simplified it that in the core games you have to make every piece, like helmets, body armor, legs. And in uh, in stories, it's just you craft one whole set of armor, and it gives you different perks. Did I see Amiibo support for this game? Like, you can have Mario hats or something like that? Uh, Probably. Like... I haven't seen them, but maybe. Oh, is that, is that the other Monster Hunter babies? Super yeah, babies? That might be. Um, the... Yeah, it's uh, maybe, it's not even probably gonna leave, but it's like essentially called like Monster Hunter Diaries, Poka Poka Iru, Iru Iru Village DX. <laughs> but it's oh god, it's like, I, yeah. Some is, it like, is it like Tomodachi Collection mixed with Monster Hunter or something? It kind of looks like Patapon mixed with Tomodachi Collection. I played it. I can talk about it a little bit later. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll go back. Well, we'll finish stories first. But yeah. uh, so 
the main thing of stories, like you said, is you have to find eggs, and you steal eggs from monsters' nests, and then when they hatch, you can now use that monster as your like ride partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you go into like, you see all the monsters in the overworld, you can approach them, and it'll go into a battle. So there's no random battles; you just choose whatever you want to fight. Mm-hmm. And when you enter, it's actually kind of cute. I like it's an interesting little fight style, where on the battlefield, you'll have the opponents on one side, and you'll have you and your monster on the other side. Mm-hmm. And you only directly control yourself. But your monster will also have a turn. Mm-hmm. So, so you can choose to attack whatever, and your monster will choose to attack or defend or do whatever it wants to. Right. And then you have like a limited amount of control where you can put special attacks and stuff, but mostly you don't. And then... When you choose to attack an enemy monster, you can see if that monster is attacking you. Right. So you can see what it is targeting. Right. And so this is the part that kind of worried me when I saw the video, is (laughs) if you clash with an opponent, so if you target a monster that is also targeting you, you'll have a, a clash mechanic where a rock, paper, scissors thing will appear on the screen. And at first I saw this one of... Fucking rock, paper, scissors. They yep. love this in Japan. It ruins every single game I've ever played with it. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought when I first saw it, too. <laughs> but the way they handle it in this is actually quite not too bad, is that the only thing it affects is... So you have, like, three types of attack. Attack, like power attack, speed attack, technical attack. Yep. And uh, so it's just standard rock, paper, scissors. So if I choose, like, strong attack it will beat your technical attack. Right. And that's... This is for, yeah, for example, I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. which one's which off the top of my head, yeah. but yeah, whatever. Like yeah, that. so we'll just use this one. And uh, So if my attack beats your attack, all it does is I get priority, so my attack will land first. Mm-hmm. So you still both deal damage to each other, but maybe my attack will kill you before you get to attack me. Right. And it's, it seems to me, too, like, if, if you do, like, for example, oh, especially if there's, like, a power attack and you win that out or something, you obviously, you know, hit harder than what you normally would, too. Yes. You know, it's the kind of stuff like that. Um, you get rewarded for doing it. and um, I don't know about you, but, I mean, you know, RPGs, i played a lot of RPGs in my lifetime, and, you know, just to have this kind of this small wrinkle, it's really not anything totally groundbreaking, but still cool. It's nice, and it kind of keeps you engaged, like, throughout the battle. You kind of have to pay attention, you know? So... Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And um, but I hope it wouldn't just—it doesn't wear out. It's the kind of mechanic that maybe would annoy me after a while. Yeah. Depending on how it's used. I guess what's, that. Is... What's the deal with Japanese people and rock paper scissors? Literally, I don't know. Even joking aside, I don't know. Why do they like it so much? It's like a way of life over here. It works for everything. Pokemon used to be that. Now. Pokemon used to be that, but now you'd need, you'd need about seven arms to play the rock, paper, scissors the guy in Pokemon. <laughs> like, it, used to, it, used, it used to be just fire, water, grass, right? That was it. No, oh, there's, there's, there's more. probably more. There's more than 12 that, in the first game. <laughs> you uh, have six I, arms back then. I, I ignore all of them except the main three. <laughs> but on a slight side for like Japanese culture, if you ever see Japanese kids doing rock, paper, scissors, they are so fast at it, you would not believe how fast they can do this. Right. 
it's yeah, it's bizarre. It's really hard to get used to at first too, because I'm like rock paper scissors. I'm like, hey, I just won. I'm like, what did you even throw? <laughs> yeah, and they, they can do it in like groups of five to decide who goes first in a group, and they'll just do like five, and it's like okay, and they all separate. I'm like, in fact, you know, Japanese boys especially, they can't resist not playing it. This is this kind of not. It's not a tangent. Stay with me in this analogy. Has anyone ever seen Roger Rabbit? Who framed Roger Rabbit? Yeah. There's um. So Roger Rabbit's like hiding behind the wall, and the the bad guy's trying to find him, and he knocks on the the wall. Dun 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 dun. dun. And he knows that Roger Rabbit cannot resist going dun dun until he comes <laughs> out. Right. If you do this to any Japanese boy, any like young like you know elementary school kid, if you go saisugu junkie boy in front of their face. I guarantee their hand will automatically, without thinking, come up and play rock paper scissors with you. It's like a, it's just like a reflex. True story. <laughs> yeah. True story, right? That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if if you ever wonder why so many Japanese games have this built in, it's just <laughs> it's just it, part of the, yeah. the way of life over here. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, exactly. exactly. It's how yeah. married couples decide if they want kids or not. Yeah. Oh God! <laughs> Dan yeah, almost played it with his wife then. Almost. <laughs> so the final thing with Monster Hunter Stories is to go back to this game is the you have your monster partner beside you, and as you deal attacks, you level up your like your your ride meter, I think it's called. Yeah, I think so. Sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, and this is their marketing thing where your character has like this cool little toy watch on their sh- thing, so you'll be able to buy this in stores come Christmas. Yes. And, Did uh, you say <laughs> a watch? What's it called? It's uh, a friend so, leader. Uh, I think Yokai was already taken, but <laughs> monster right. hunter watch. Yeah, I forgot what it was called exactly, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a thing that the character wears, and it's yeah, building. It's like about your. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Monkai watch. Yes, it's about like how your relationship with your monster. The more you you're fighting like during a battle, the higher this like affinity, I guess, for lack of a better term, gets. With your with your monster, so. And once it gets to a certain point, you can then jump onto your monster and ride him in the battle, yep. which means you only get one attack per turn instead of the two, but you're like super powerful. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> and uh, this is where I kind of shot myself in the foot because I didn't realize that by using the super attack, because you get access to like another super attack when you're on the monster, mm-hmm. and using that automatically finish the demo. And they're like, "Oh, you're finished. Get the fuck out." <laughs> and so, uh, so I didn't get to like do more exploring in the game than I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I you know, so we yeah, trade shows. You have such a limited amount of time. It's hard to kind of try to manage what you want to do. Because I basically just ran through. I mean, what's really great about this too, <laughs> as opposed to you know, Monster Hunter games now, like regular you know, vanilla Monster Hunter or whatever. I mean, they have all these little areas, but it's not really open, right? I mean, you're always going through, like, these little snake tunnel-looking things on the map to another thing. But, you know, with this, with Monster Hunter Stories, it's actually, honest to God, open, you know, on the on the field. And it's an RPG, so it almost, like, has to be, right? And it looks gorgeous. So. Cool. But, anyway. Um, is, it, is, it, um, is it in 3D, by the way? Is it a proper 3DS game? Yes. This is, I mean, this is not going to be on, like, cell phones sooner, sooner or later. It could be, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But, no, it's it's a proper, like, you know, open, like, 3D type of a world, you know. And then, you know, and you go in and do, like, the, the battle and stuff. That's one thing. But, um, yeah, man, it, it looks great. And it runs, like, incredibly smooth. And just the visual aesthetics are freaking amazing. I was surprised that it's even running, <laughs> you know, yeah, on 3DS. Like, 
I can't stress how beautiful this game looks. Like, they nailed the art style to such a degree that it looks way better than most games on the, the market. It's, it's not a new 3DS-only game, is it? They didn't say that, but they were okay. being played on new 3DSs, so... Okay. It might do one of those things like uh, like Hyrule Warriors, where it might disable the 3D mm-hmm. if you run on a new DS or something. Right. right. Or, I mean, it could... Yeah, who knows? We'll find out here. I think it's coming out sometime in 2016. They really didn't have any specific dates, but there's also going to be like an anime that they launch with it with it too. So they're really kind of <laughs> yeah, they're they're pushing this game like definitely. Yeah. I think yeah. One of the last times I tried this, I think it was Capcom Geist Crusher, a game that was they co-developed with Treasure, and then they tried to make an anime. Thing. It was the game was okay, but it's like really hard, and it's supposed to be for kids. <laughs> with an anime, it's like, who the fuck are you guys like trying to market this thing to? And they even made like a second game of it like last year, and it just bombed for the whole series. But so there's Monster Hunter stories. I mean, there's all these little kids in Japan whose big brothers play Monster Hunter, right? So it's kind of like aimed at them as like, you know, now little uh, Takayoshi can play it with his brother. You know, um, right. he can get involved in the Monster Hunter, you know, series without actually having the real game, so to speak. Yeah. It's, so, it's, yeah, it's a good plan. You know, yeah. Stop playing Yokai Watch, play Monster Hunters. Yeah, I think that's the main of. incentive is like, <laughs> we want a piece of that gargantuan Yokai Watch pie. Yeah. Right. They're in an interesting <laughs> position to do it too. So, But um, anyways, we should move on a little bit here too. Uh, Sai, so there wasn't there one other thing that... Or two other things it looks like that you've played, and actually one of them I played too. But um, um, yeah. Don't, don't talk about Disney Infinity. <laughs> but this is the crowd that the Famicast audience they want to know. I heard that it was really popular in my Disney Infinity talk. Uh, quote: The Disney Infinity chat on the last episode was embarrassing. End quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> embarrassing that none of you were as educated as I was on the subject. Hey, I wasn't even there, kind of like mentally. So. <laughs> so uh, the other game I played, well. Yeah, so the I did play Project X Zone. Cross Zone. Uh, Cross Zone, yeah, man, that's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I played Project Cross Zone two, and I played Project Cross Zone one because I was lured in by you know the insane array of characters. Sure. Hey, I want to play this, and uh, I even got this fancy little Project Cross Zone paper file thing. Those assholes didn't give them to me when I played the demo. Oh man, they didn't give it to cool people. They said, hey, you like Disney Infinity? Here's that thing. <laughs> <laughs> who, who publishes Disney Infinity? Uh, in Japan, it's Bando Namkai, or whichever that's called. Bando oh, Namco? Namco? Yeah. yeah. They just, so much, they might as well be Bando Namkai. So, same publisher, right? In, uh, in America, in it's no? a different company. I think it's Disney themselves, Disney Interactive? No, 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 no. no. I mean, this uh, Cross Zone. What's... Oh, Cross Zone. God knows. Who knows anything Bandai, about this game? Bandai Namco's actually doing the publishing, but... Okay, guess, yeah, it says that, too. Yeah, I forgot who's actually developing the game. But, I mean, you know, they have rights from, like, all the different developers. and. Yeah, so right. I played the first one for a good bit. Maybe, I think I did 30 hours in the first game. Wow, impressive. Yeah, and I think the full game is about, like, 40 hours, and I hated it. I think it's an <laughs> awful, awful game. And, uh, <laughs> so, like, like, the fact that I got 30 hours into it, and then I just gave up, shows how bad it was, that I wasn't willing to stick it out for, like, the finale of the game. 
Well, well no, it, no, it doesn't show how bad it is because you played it for thirty fucking hours. Because I kept like, maybe, maybe <laughs> they'll do something good. Maybe, maybe the next level is the one where they cop on the fuck and make a good game out of this. Hmm. But uh, <laughs> it's like the game is—it's really fun for like the first maybe like five hours of the game. You're like, oh yeah, this is cool. They're adding more and more new characters. The battle system is kind of kooky, and uh, and then it just plateaus and goes nowhere. Hmm. Where the combat is repetitive, it never changes, the story is non-existent to a ridiculous and embarrassing degree. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, okay, done. So I tried Project X-Zone 2, Cross-Zone, mm-hmm. and I heard a lot of people say that they fixed up the combat, they made it more interesting and more vibrant. And I played it, and I didn't see any difference. <laughs> it was the exact same game. Well, well, guys, yeah. I was gonna say Cyrus because I I bought uh, Project the original Project Cross when it came out on launch was actually the same day that Bravely Default launched back in uh, 2012. You made a goddamn <laughs> terrible choice with that decision. Well, I made a, but got them both, and yeah, I played it for like about five or six hours. Like this is okay, and then I just kind of stopped. I didn't hate it or anything, but you know, I kind of got the the same feeling when I played the demo for this. I was thinking, okay, obviously there are some new characters here that I don't remember seeing. Which that's cool, you know, for cool for grabbing nostalgia and all that type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, mechanically, it felt like the first one. I didn't see really anything that was too incredibly different. I mean, then again, I didn't play it for thirty hours, but you did. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe maybe Sai, we needed to, we needed to have played it for like a hundred hours before we can really get it. Like oh. I tr- I try not to be biased playing games, but I fucking hate this piece of shit. And I'm never playing oh, that game again. I was gonna say, you know, I, I you know, <laughs> so, like I said, I, I didn't hate it. I just think it's if if you like the first one, you're probably sure as hell gonna love this one. So yeah, was the uh, was the Sega chairman in this demo? The Sega dude? No, he was not. He wasn't. Okay. And it was it was really short. You only got like ten minutes to play it. Yeah. And, uh, and this game, like the battles, take a long time because yes. I was gonna say one one fighting animation, yeah. right? <laughs> ten well, minutes. That's like one guy. Jumping up in the sky for ten minutes. Well, I mean, it's yeah, it's ridiculous. And the, like the demo, it doesn't even seem like there's really. They just kind of just throw you in. The demo's like already started because at least I don't know. This is what it was like with me, Sai, when I went to the it demo. Was, station, it was a like, demo. I know what you're talking about. They're like, how about it? I'm like, well, shit. Wasn't there something that was just said here that I just totally missed? Whatever. I have no context. <laughs> Not important. Don't worry yeah, about they it. They don't explain the controls. They don't explain anything in the demo. They just assume everyone already knows how to play it. Uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, it's a shitty type of game to demo at a place like TGS. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, good. But anyway, <laughs> that was worthwhile queuing up for. Yeah. yeah that was two people. I would not have queued up otherwise. Cause oh, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> I, I, this was kind of towards the end of the show. I'd done most of what I wanted to play already, and I was passing by. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, not worth my time. Okay. Well, there you go. So, Danny, you Danny, did you play anything else? Yes, I did. Um, I played a, I played pretty much every Nintendo thing that was at the sh- at the show floor, and <laughs> there, there are a couple games that I just won't talk about because I don't think anybody gives a shit, and that's kind just, of a just, just list them without even talking about them. Then, okay, boom, well, go. So, you know, I played Monster Hunter Cross. I played Monster Hunter Stories. I played uh, Project Cross Zone. I played Seventh Dragon Three Code DFD <laughs> at the Sega booth. Good demo. Um, I played Hyrule Warriors Legends on 3DS. 
and I played <laughs> Disney Magic Castle 2. Jesus Christ. Well. Um, I, I'm probably forgetting some. Oh, and also I played um, Ace Attorney 6. Uh, I played the demo for that. Well, that's probably the only game people are interested in, you know, after Disney's fucking magical bullshit castle. Well, I, I think, you know, there's there's probably quite a bit of interest at least hearing how the, you know, Hyrule Warriors runs on 3DS, even though if you don't give a shit, James. It's not a Zelda game. <laughs> it is. You haven't even played it, man. Come on. Not a Zelda game. Well, I played Dynasty I... Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, you know, I'll start off with Ace Attorney, and you know, I don't like I said with with Cross Zone. I mean, it's it's really not a great game to have at some kind of like an event like this because, you know, they're they're trying to put out this this kind of a narrative out there in like a 15 minute time span, and there's just not enough time to do right. this. Right, like then... you would probably get more from like watching a trailer than actually being at the show and playing the game. That's it. <laughs> you said it right there, and you know at this well, point, playing Project X going is kind of like watching a trailer anyway, because after like 20 minutes, you don't need to look at the screen anymore. You just memorize your inputs for every battle. Yeah, <laughs> right. A over, A back, maybe B. <laughs> well, um, you, there's one thing you could tell us how pretty it is on a real system. Exactly, and so you know, I I, I didn't play the fifth one that was out on 3DS, and I haven't played the the new one that came out set in like. Uh, London with Sherlock Holmes and all that crazy stuff. But right. Oh, okay, we're talking about Ace Attorney. I thought we were still yes. on uh, Hyrule Warriors. No, no, no. <laughs> I, well, like... I haven't even started, man. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm pretty sure it's using that same engine, the same engine that they've used for that. And, um, you know, they said that there's been, like, problems like slowdown and stuff like that in 5 and whatnot, but I kind of noticed it a little bit in this, particularly when the 3D was on, whenever some of the characters would come on the screen and, like, start animating, <laughs> uh, you could kind of see the game chug a little bit. Um, so, I mean, it could have been optimized a little bit more because it's just a demo version. And How does an Ace Attorney game chug? It's like, well, like, two characters on the screen. I mean, they're really good-looking, like, 2D artwork that's, you know, animated. Most of the time it's, you know, still, but then at times it comes <laughs> alive. Uh, maybe that's not a very good description, but, but that's exactly, you know, what it is. Polygon. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the for the Phoenix Wright animation team because the like the animations they do are so good. Yeah. Like they've got a yeah. ton of emotion in everything they do. It's really really nice. Right. Even Something... if there are only eight animations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I think it looked fine, and you know, I really like the aesthetic of the game too because they're not just in like. Uh, L.A. or wherever the hell he's supposed to be from, <laughs> depending on what <laughs> region. You, yeah, depending on what region you buy the game in or whatever. San Fran, <laughs> San Fran, Tokyo. Yeah, but in in this one, he's in like some kind of a a diff, completely different country, and like I think the Japanese name was Kurain, so it could be Klein, it could be Kurain, uh, we don't know. Uh, if I remember, isn't that the name of the of the village that uh, Maya is from? I, I don't know. Idea. It's basically not India. Okay. <laughs> not well, India. Yeah, I, I don't think it has anything to do with where she's from because it says it's like a completely different country where there is like basically no justice system. <laughs> where okay, that like, sounds fun. Yeah, so it's oh, like... Oh, so it's, it's in uh, the U.S. then? <laughs> yes, yes. So you, know, you go to like this... You go to basically what's essentially like a cathedral and there's like a... It looks like a high priest and a high priestess that are consulting an oracle to see if people are guilty of murders. And then, okay. you know, yeah, definitely the U.S. 
So it's you know it's kind of a, it's a it's a different it's a different thing for the game. There are a lot of different visual aesthetics that you wouldn't notice, like just the what the people wear, the whole look of the courtroom. It's pretty different. So um, I think fans of the series could get excited for this. It's probably going to keep the same wackiness and stuff that you guys love. So uh, look forward to it. Just don't play a demo of it. <laughs> you might be disappointed. Is but, is the is it a demo on the eShop? No, come on, man. Okay. <laughs> no, I, it's it's scheduled for 2016, so I, I don't think there's going to be anything close to a demo, you know, on the eShop for months and months and months from now. People, so. people were asking is if we played the the what is it the Project Treasure demo on the eShop? Is that on the oh, Wii U? No, it's a beta. Yeah, man. Moss Reavers and no, actually, because I keep you know this this shout out for people that that ask that stuff on the you know about this and yeah, it's 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 available and I could get it. I just haven't. I've been way too busy late recently with just a bunch of personal stuff and also you know TGS. <laughs> so yeah. I haven't had time to do a fucking beta look, for this. All look forward game. to that next episode then. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, you can't even play it. You don't have, fuck you. You don't have a Japanese 3ds. Hey, fuck or, you, uh, man. You. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> But also, while speaking of Phoenix Wright, shout outs to Capcom's uh, like their stage design team because Capcom's booths always look amazing at these yes. shows. Oh, yeah. True story. Yeah, like, they, the I Monster Hunter ones like are like this year. Yeah, Capcom was nice, but the like the 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 Monster Hunter like cross section. It's like the inside of a guild hall and things. You've got all these tables and chairs decorated like in game. Actually, uh, this is the point where I can take over. If you want yeah, to talk about, uh, you want to talk about booth tours. Sure. I'm your, I'm your man. All right, let's have it. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't play uh, many games at all, really. I was I was on the TGS for a very short time on Friday and Saturday, like one uh, uh, business day, one public day. Mm-hmm. And uh, so yeah, I was just doing like videos of the booths and stuff, and uh, so yeah. Obviously, Capcom was a big one to visit. Um, we visit Monsanto every every year, get a good video tour of it. And um, like last year, I actually interviewed one of the. Uh, actually, it's not politically correct to call the booth babe, is it? Uh, companion, uh, Monsanto <laughs> companion. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, I strolled in and I said, uh, I asked, do you have any companions who speak English that I could do a video with and they said sure and they brought this uh, lady over and she was actually the same girl that we interviewed last year. Great. <laughs> she, she, she obviously looked, she was wearing a different costume and everything and I was like Not wait really. a minute didn't didn't I talk obviously she didn't remember me at all yeah, yeah why would she? Oh uh, even I, better. I, <laughs> so I said oh so you didn't see that video where we completely trolled you but I mean I, I didn't mention that bit at the time. <laughs> uh, apparently she goes there every year, so <laughs> maybe next year. So yeah, we did a little um, a boost here, a booster with Danny and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to see that, you can check out NWR TV yeah. for the uh, for the non-trolley version. Yes. If you want the trolley version, check out my channel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what. Just watching James's troll video from last year, because I haven't yeah. had a, had chance to watch the troll one from this year. It's okay. up, right? Um, I'm going to re, re, recut it once I get a new computer. Okay. Well, I mean, my God, if you want to see some guy that's just an outright <laughs> asshole. I mean, James, James, okay, despite what you might think, James is actually a very pleasant human being, very nice guy. Aside from yeah, like, I'm of, like I'm, <laughs> you know, but I'm serious. And then you, you see him on this video, you're like, come on, asshole. This is awesome. <laughs> it's great. So Just doing my job. That's yeah. What my, uh, that's what my YouTube fans expect. So, you know, yes. got to do what a man's got to do, right? Yeah. Well, how many but yeah, obviously, you know, p- 
people like uh, Capcom, uh, sorry, not Capcom, Konami. Um, obviously, people are no no problems with me, me trolling them, right? So if you want to see me uh, interview one of the uh, the booth babes about uh, Hideo Kojima, asking where he is, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, why they make so many shitty uh, iPhone games now, mm-hmm. uh, be sure to check that out. But yeah, there were some good booths. I think uh, Danny, we were talking about this earlier, but the uh, the that freaking was it the Grand Blue Fantasy that airship? Oh D- yeah. You saw the freaking huge airship. It's like. Right. That was spectacular. I was like, yeah, like far, really too, far too much air. money was spent on that. It really <laughs> flew in the air. <laughs> yeah, 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 actually, yeah. Um, there was, yeah, there were, on, there were cosplayers, like, sitting on the airship, you know, in full costume. I don't, I don't even know what game it is. And I actually interviewed one of the, the booth babes on, on that as well. I asked her, like, could you explain about the game? She had no idea. Hmm. Uh, so that, <laughs> which is why I asked her, because I was expecting that answer. Um. <laughs> yeah, I know Grand Blue Fantasy. They they had such a marketing budget for this show. Like all of the the advertisements going the whole way from the train station to the venue. Is it a small Grand game? Blue Fantasy? And I I honestly don't know what this game is. Like <laughs> I literally I I assume it's like a like from the posters I would have thought it was a 3DS right. game, but I have no idea what it is. Ty, you yeah. have any idea, man? Huh? Say again? Grand, Grand, Blue, Grand Blue Fantasy. No, that sounds like some RPG or something. Yeah. I'll have no part of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they had Metal Gear Online, and they had the, the whole kind of gang of Metal Gear cosplayers hanging around. I don't think they were official, but they just all gathered there, and they were, yeah. they were kind I didn't of invited in. I catch that in particular, but, man, the cosplayers this year, they were amazing. Yeah. Am I there right? was, uh, yeah, there was a, there was a, some good snakes and good uh, quiets there as well. Mm-hmm. There was a female snake which was with the still had the mustache. That was quite good as well. All natural. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some really good cosplayers. Um, yeah, I just I just played basically like anything that didn't have a line because I was just like kind of running around the show floor, like just like taking videos and pictures. So anything without a line, I would just quickly have a quick go. And the only thing that didn't have a line was, um, you know, like uh, student demos or like... Um, yeah, like I was over in the was, indie games playing like Hobo Garbage Simulator. Yeah, 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 in, <laughs> indie games. I played uh, Oculus Rift for the first time, just like a little indie game thing. Oh, uh, good. That kind of made me want to throw up. <laughs> but it was good times. Sorry? Was that the music Oculus Rift? That was my first one. No, it was just like a kind of, you know, walking simulator. Oh, wow, that sounds awesome. <laughs> Walk them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was good It was good being able to use an Oculus for the first time. Because screw waiting for the friggin' uh, Sony... What's the Sony one called? PlayStation VR? VR. Great name. Right, yeah. Oh, Actually, yeah, that's going to work with uh, Dead or Alive Extreme Volleyball. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> Of course it bloody is. Yeah, they have that summer lesson, the uh, pervert simulator that was there as well. Um, and actually, yeah, I, me and Danny bumped into uh, Dylan Cuthbert. Simulator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pervert simulator. Oh yeah, that's right. I wonder what that's VR things are opening up whole new genres of games. We got walking simulator. We got pervert simulator. We're hitting yeah, 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 yeah. all the bases. It's huge. It's huge. Check the charts. There's about ten in the top twenty already. Um, no, no, me and, me and Danny bumped into Dylan Cuthbert while we were right. at the, uh, passing through the Sony booth. 
Um, Danny was obviously uh, wanting to meet him, but he was, you know, too much of a big baby to go up and talk no, to him. So usually, man, like I don't know, I, I I'll go up and maybe say hi to somebody that I recognize, but usually. I know that they're busy, yeah. so let me say hi, like I did to Nagoshi, the Sega guy, a couple of years ago, and he's like, eh, fuck you, get away from me. <laughs> well, bright teeth. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. dare you talk to me? <laughs> Basically, it was, was kind of like this tan skin. It was ridiculous. Well, it, was like, it was about three years ago, I think, when um, uh, the Q Games people, uh, Dylan Cuthbert and uh, James Milkey, they were doing this kind of live streaming thing where they had cameras around their necks, and they were just walking around the show floor. Um and you know, I I was I met them while they were doing that, so I was like kind of on the stream for a bit, and I was chatting to Dylan about the, whatever game they had at the time. It was pretty cool. I asked him about Star Fox and X and stuff like that as well, briefly. So this time, uh, <laughs> you know, I, actually after the fact, Danny kind of said, you know, like we, that could have been a podcast segment, and it, yeah. it was kind of true because like we were talking to him for about like 15 minutes about like Star Fox 2 and like. Um, uh, you know, he was kind of like he was telling us how he was kind of like a consultant on um, the stuff like Zero, like not really a consultant, but just like you know, what can I say? Like working with Platinum, like kind of in collaboration with Nintendo, kind of thing. Like how to work with Nintendo. He was kind of saying like that. <laughs> but that was kind oh, of interesting. Okay. Like a like a handler. <laughs> a handler. So, yeah, there's got to be a very interesting title for that position. Yeah, just just to be clear, they're not involved in programming or publishing or anything to do with stuff like Zero. But um, uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, and we're still talking about Star Fox Two and everything, um, saying how yeah it was basically well we all know this already is basically all finished, but <laughs> just the fact that the English version wasn't finished apparently. But I think is is there only a Japanese one that exists? I think so. Uh, I don't know. I played it on emulator a long time ago. Yeah, Ty's probably completed it. Oh yeah, no, actually, strangely enough, I never played it. Oh really? Okay. I'll have to get to that. It's kind of fun. Well, you can kind of see some of it coming back into stuff like Zero, so right. it should be interesting. Cool. Um, I yeah. still have a little bit more to say about uh, yeah. one game that um, I think I think some of the people in the audience would uh, maybe have some interest in, and that would be Haru Warriors Legends on 3DS, and. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I won't keep really long on this. <laughs> Danny, did you just troll yourself? By that wasn't even me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, who was that? Who, who was, was that? Sigh. <laughs> um, please feel free to do that anytime throughout the rest of the episode. <laughs> I would have gone for the tumbleweed, personally. <laughs> Anyway, so um, <laughs> anyway, so how's yeah, Hyrule Warriors, Daddy? I'm dying to hear it, Daddy. Yes. So I got a chance to play this at the show, and um, you know. So yeah, new 3DS has 3D. The old 3DS doesn't have 3D. So that's the end of that segment. Thanks. Yes. yes. So you know, actually, you know, after playing some really bad uh, Warriors games on 3DS, okay, at least one time last year. I, when I first, they first announced that Hyrule Warriors was coming to 3DS, I really wasn't too hopeful because of how shitty <laughs> the <laughs> Warriors game on 3DS was last year. It was terrible. Um, I think even, you know, Don, he ended up reviewing the game, and, uh, you know, I think he gave it like a 6 or something. This is like Samurai Warriors Chronicles 3. I mean, there's too many S's just in the title. It's stupid. 
But like, I don't know. I mean, the frame rate was a mess. The graphics were awful, and they refused to put screenshots and video on their website until like after the game launched in Japan. It was bad. But I, I kind of had, I, I kind of thought it might be the same fate for this game. But um, actually, no, I was really surprised. The, the game runs really smoothly. It looks, you know, like they really kind of stepped up their game when they developed it. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, like, Wind Waker elements, a lot of cell shading type of stuff in the demo that I got to play. I got to play as uh, Tetra in the game and also as Toon Link, which is cool. You cannot play as King of Red Lions, the, the boat, as he's going to be one of the playable characters, but I do not to play. <laughs> You play but as a boat. There's yes. a, sticker, a sticker to put on the front box. Yes. So, but no, I mean, if you've played Hyrule Warriors, I mean, you pretty much know what to expect and just know that this is actually a pretty functional game uh, on the 3DS. It, it plays very well. Um, yeah, graphics look great. Does uh, does it have the like same of uh, on Smash 3DS? It has like a like a black outline. Is that something I yeah, kind of noticed? Kind of yeah. like that, but it seemed you know from what I was playing, it could have just been maybe just the stage or something like that, but it was like cel shaded. Um, but I remember just looking at screenshots too, and I know people out there listening either live or you know after the fact, like, hey, idiot, it's this way or that way. But at least with the TGS demo that I played, everything looked like it goes cel shaded and whatnot. So. Um, <laughs> we got to uh, cosplay with the scarf, right? Without actually, um, <laughs> yeah, we didn't have to go to Nintendo World Store in uh, New York to do that. Right, and there's you know there's also going to be <laughs> more premium versions and stuff for this game, but there is never ever going to be another version of that scarf that they're going to release as of this time. So if you missed out on that damn scarf, you're just going to be missing out with it for the rest of your life, unless you what stole about, one. What about that ideas. cheap, that cheap crappy alarm clock that they bundled in? Yeah, have fun, because I think they're doing something else like that. It didn't, Did, any... didn't you get some shite with it? No, I just got the regular, okay. you know, crappy version. <laughs> just the okay, game. I, I like the game. It was good. But, no, yeah, you no. said it. You said crappy. I did say that. I literally yeah, just said that. Confirmed. But anyway, no, look forward to it. It's coming out here on, I think they just announced the date here during TGS. It's coming out on January 21st, and then sometime in 2016 over in the West. So look forward to that. So um, I will not. Yes, and I guess maybe to wrap up TGS talk, Ty. I mean, you've been a little bit quiet, man. Did Did you have anything at TGS that you really liked, or anything that stuck out to you? Anything you played that you thought was awesome? No, everything was garbage. <laughs> Video games are dead. Okay. No. Um. Uh. What did I do? Uh. Like all the stuff I, I was interested in, like you said, they don't really let lend themselves to you know being played at a trade show. Sure. You know, I'm interested in the turning, but, you know, do I really want to, like, wait an hour to, like, press A when I could just, you know, watch the trailer? Right. <laughs> yeah. Why? what game was that? Uh, Phoenix, right? <laughs> right, oh, did yeah. you, actually, you actually got to play it? No, I, I didn't even get in mine. Okay, good. Good idea. I, I, I went... Well, first thing I did was I went to... To the the little on-site stores to buy junk mm -hmm. before it all sold out. Mm -hmm. Mostly successful. Mm -hmm. Then I just wandered around forever. <laughs> uh, I I went to the indie games, played Hobo Garbage Simulator. <laughs> um, yeah, one basically you just wander around the show looking at stuff. Uh, I watched a lot of Street Fighter and Guilty Gear. Mm -hmm. What Wait. day did you actually go to the show on? Saturday. Public oh, you day. Were a full public day. Yeah. Was that, that garbage simulator, is that fake or real? <laughs> yes. 
Okay. <laughs> I, yeah, I was before the show started. I, I had an idea in my head of how about we ask Ty to do a fake reveal on the show floor with well, maybe people, ideally random people, <laughs> or just us about games that are actually at the show and exist, or games that are at the oh, show. Oh man, you should have sprung that on me. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I should have, <laughs> man. Um, let's keep that in mind for next year. Or at least well, well, I got. I already have two in my head that are fake or real. You ready to go? Okay. Fake or real? Um, like a like a VR game where you can uh, physically abuse your anime girlfriend. Oh, Jesus Christ! It's probably real. I can just because these. Oh are... yeah, yeah, I, yeah, real. Uh, yeah, it's real, but it wasn't at TGS this year, so. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how about this one, fake or real? There was a 65-year-old man with a gray beard wearing a high school girl's uniform. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw him. With the legs of a 20-year-old. He's there every a, year. We took a picture with him. <laughs> He's very real. Very Maybe real, if you're yeah. looking at the enhanced version of the podcast. Oh, God, God no, don't. Yes, no. I will do that. Yes, I'm looking at it right now. Well, I took, a picture, I took a picture of him and you together with yeah. your arm around him. Yes, I don't think the kiss. Piece. I don't think the kiss on the cheek was necessary. But I didn't think so either. But you know, I just went for it. Hey, <laughs> did you guys notice? Uh, no. Last year there was a really big Microsoft presence at TGS, and this year there was none. Micro who? Microsoft. They're actually doing their own event this weekend. Well, the next well, weekend after TGS. They don't usually show Windows software, do they? So no, oh, no, it's just it's, Xbox, a, ga- it's a games so. exhibition, right? You can go play Cuphead. Oh, cool. Yeah. Is it free? Uh, I'm not sure if it's free or not. I, I retweeted a tweet about it. Um, I don't think I'm going because there's no Killer Instinct tournament <laughs> there. Mm-hmm. But, you, you know, I am tempted to go play Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Cuphead does look really nice. Yeah, definitely gonna get can that. You, probably. Can deep. you imagine that? Can you imagine at E3 if neither Nintendo nor Microsoft showed up to E3? That's what yeah. TGS was this year. What's my <laughs> it was just like Sony, right? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Yeah, one thing that really bugged me about TGS this year is so Ty said he went to the indie section. Yeah. And, uh, and this year they moved the indie section to like an entirely different building in yeah. the in the show. So if you wanted to go see the indie booths, you had to like go outside in the rain to the next place. Yeah, that was like a covered walkway between them. Sure. But yeah, it was like it was a totally separate building. It was in the same place with the the merchandise. Mm-hmm. James and so, I actually mentioned that that was the building where they had this Nintendo show back in 2011 that we went to, right. and we were there at the same time but didn't know it because we didn't know each other at the time. Ah, right. The Famicast started uh, two months after that, I think. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah that I, was that was that's the first time. I mean, I've been going to TGS for like oh, like ten years now. Right. And yeah, they've never done that. So I think. I mean, you know, that's weird. Something I had wrote down on the agenda. I was just going to skip over, but I guess maybe we'll talk about just uh, just briefly. But uh, the attendance numbers this year are actually pretty high. The second highest ever since they've kind of been keeping track. I guess since two thousand and six, about two hundred seventy thousand people. A uh, little wow. bit, a little bit under that, and then in 2013, that's when they actually had 270,000. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of people, and I mean maybe because all those other years they didn't have, you know, they had everything in just like the main exhibit halls, where it's just kind of it's almost like a big hangar if you don't if you've never been there, and they're just like connected together, 
and everything was in there, including the stuff that this year was in like these other, uh, you know, halls and stuff. So it was always really freaking cramped. <laughs> right. I mean, so maybe that maybe that was their kind of thought pattern on it. Maybe that's what they did. Why they did it. Did uh, they get rid of the food hall? Nope, that was over. <laughs> no, it was there. That was over in the separate one. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. That's that's weird. Yeah, it's just a shame that they moved the indies there in particular because, like, I know one of the guys who was running a booth, uh, Brandon. He runs Necrosoft, and uh, and he said there was like, on the second press day, he just closed up shop and stopped running his his booth because no one came to see the indies. Jesus Christ. That's depressing. So, yeah, so I saw one Wii game there, Astro Breaker. It's like a like a puzzle fighter kind of game. It's on the eShop now. Oh, oh, Wii. Okay, there's a Wii. And I was like, whoa. Yeah, Wii U. Sorry. So Astro Breaker was the one Wii U indie game I saw there. and huh. No one was playing anything. I felt really bad for all of the indie crew when I was in there on the first day. No, I felt bad because I could have played like something else. <laughs> but, you know. Well, I guess now the... Um... We were talking about him earlier, James Milkey. He started that uh, separate thing, didn't he? Is it called Indie Indiecade? What's it called? In, it's in Kyoto, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, the Indiecade. Indiecade. Yeah. So he, yeah, he just. I guess he just realized that you know TGS is you know not that good for indie gamers. So it's like, well, uh, fuck it, let's just start our own one and just do it about indies. It's a shame it's in you know the other side of Japan. Yeah, um, there's still there's a lot of developers and stuff down there. Yeah. Um, so it, it maybe it makes sense. I, I don't know, but there there's a lot of people from other countries in the indie games at mm. TGS. Yeah, like, yeah. like so I I was just going through and some American dudes are like, hey, you want to play our game? Play our game. <laughs> ah, and don't forget, last year they had uh, Barclay Two there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Never forget. Yeah, that there, game's there. closing out, but it's looking real nice. It was good to see that Gree you know, are no longer there. Because um, they would they took up, like, freaking an entire hangar one year. I forgot what year it was, but, like... But there was also, weirdly, like, a, just a massive one for... What is that shitty uh, real-time strategy game called? It's not... Is it called Clash Game of, of War? Oh, Clash of Clans, World yeah. of Tanks? Oh, Clash of Clans, yeah. They the... World of Tanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. World of Tanks had an insane presence this year. Yes. I mean, last year wasn't bad either, really. I I mean, that just blows my freaking mind. It's a free game on the App Store, which, you know, why would you... It's just like a stage and just like an opportunity to take pictures in front of a giant wooden pig. Uh, (laughs) I really don't understand that. (laughs) I thought about getting on that wooden pig, but... Yeah, of course you did. I I know they were trying to show off... uh, What's the... World of Warships today, so or this this Tokyo Game Show, it's like the the spin-off sequel to World of Tanks. So. Right. Yeah. Is that that out? Is that up and playable? I don't know. I know they had a big presence for it at the booth. It was kind of attached to the World of Tanks thing, but. Uh, huh, okay. I I guarantee you, next year there will not be a Clash of Clans um, like booth, and if it if it is, it won't be that big. I mean. Well, you spend like ten million dollars on this booth, and then for a free game—that's it's a free freaking game. <laughs> I just don't get it. What? Who are you trying to sell it to? The only people that went there were fans of it already, that already spend money, you know, the premium bullshit. Uh, well, you know, you you attract some people, and like one percent of them will spend their entire life savings on your shitty mobile game. There you go. Yeah, ten yeah. million dollars. Ten million dollars well spent. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to catch all the fish. 
<laughs> just a couple. Oh god. Yeah. Let's not start on mobile games. Yeah. Anyway. So I guess that might kind of do it for the TGS talk unless anybody has anything else that they, you know, want to have one final say about. You good? Um no. Some um, of the booth babes were disgraceful. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> but the the cosplayers were top notch. One of the booth babes had like QR codes on each of her breasts, so you had to like put your camera like right up to the chest to get the QR codes. Wow, <laughs> that's about right. Well, you didn't have to, Cyrus. <laughs> yes, you did. If a woman approaches you with QR codes in your chest, there's only one thing you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Call your mother. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's that's such a humiliating thing to do compared to what I was doing. Anyway. And what? that. Um, you with babe? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trolling them all. Okay. But um we also we bumped into Matt, right? We saw Matt's uh, you know, uh co fami dude, uh, you know, original fami dude, <laughs> I guess. Uh he wasn't actually working at the on, during the show, he was just there for fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was cool to hang out at the show. Right. We're going to hear from him in a bit, right? Yes, that's right. Um, but before we do that, uh, I understand that maybe James and Ty might have maybe one game or so maybe they want to talk about for new business. Well, so. we've left, we are. So obviously, <laughs> um, so yeah, the game that everyone's playing in the whole world, except for two guys on this podcast, Metal Gear. Uh, no, the real oh. best game. Uh, Sonic Last World. Super. Oh my god. Just, just edit that bit out, Danny. Nope. Uh, super Mario Maker, of course. Uh, it finally arrived. Uh, it took like over a week to get to me. Um, <laughs> In the meantime, I'd actually bought an 8-bit Mario Amiibo just for, you know, just for the sake of it. Weren't you the guy giving me shit about, like, wanting to buy one? Yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't own any Mario uh, 8-bit Amiibos. You are all the people with problems here, not me. Okay. But I as you know, zero Amiibos. <laughs> oh, what yeah, now? Anyway. Um, but as you know, I don't buy Amiibos for their functionality. I buy them for the, for the toys and uh, for the toy aspect, because my four-year-old son plays with them, because he's a small child. That's cool. And he likes to play with toys, like <laughs> Mario toys. And like small children do. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's, it is freaking huge. It is like somebody knocked you know, like a wall down with a sledgehammer. It's like a bit of wall that's broken off. It's freaking huge. You slam that down on the gamepad, it'll crack in half. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Mario Maker arrived, and yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I had to take Splatoon out of my system, which is the first time I'd done that in, you know, over a month. So that was a bit sad. But yeah, Mario Maker is awesome. Um, so yeah, slowly making my way through all the, you know, the unlock process, which I take, which they changed from nine days to three days, I think. Um, or maybe it's not three days. Maybe you it's just, just, you can just do it. Easy. Yeah, if you just spend the time, it just unlocks it. 
Right. So like people were saying like, oh, you know, spam loads of blocks and then it unlocks things faster. But other people were saying like, you know, the way they did it is actually calculated because, you know, you get used to the basics before the, you know, you pile on more complex features. You know, if you have everything at the start, then it's kind of a bit overwhelming. So yeah, I, I just took it as the game gave it to me. I, I just designed levels around that. So started very simply. I, I uploaded a, cute, a few simple ones. And uh, yeah, a few of the Famicast listeners have already played them and uh, commented on them already. So thank you for that. If you're listening, thank you. Keep playing. And then as I got more objects, I started to make more you know, complicated levels, complex levels. And the latest one that I did, which Cyrus, you... Oh, no, you don't have the game. But you, I don't have the game, but I thought it was just, a very cool level. I really liked you, the idea of this one. Just the idea, yeah. So I thought I would do... Because um, I unlocked the, uh, the feature. It's one of the last things to unlock, is um, being able to unlock a, a side map. So like you've got the main map, then you put a pipe in, and it creates like a second world. So you can actually have two in one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like a, you know, you can have overground and underground, you know, for example. Right. Have a coin room or whatever, a secret room. So I did that. Um, so my, my idea was to have, uh, uh, to teach kanji using Mario Maker. So I drew some kanji out of blocks. And then I, I chose two kanji, which was kind of similar to each other. And so I just had like the first one that said fire, and then I had like two kanji. Like, one of them was for fire, one of them was for the one that looks similar, which is the kanji for person. And uh, and then you have to choose the correct one, and then go through the door next to that kanji. And if you choose the right one, you go to the next kanji. If you choose the wrong one, you get dropped into lava and instantly get killed. <laughs> so so I had just like uh, four little rooms like that. So um, there's no wow. enemies in it. There's no enemies in it. It's just. Uh, it's- Edutainment. Yeah, kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, like so, this, this actually made me think, I, I'm going to try and do this in Disney Infinity, is making like a learn kanji thing in that too. I think it's a really cool idea, so I want to no, see what I can that, do with that. That instantly too. makes it not cool if it's in Disney Infinity. What are you talking about? <laughs> It'll be awesome. People love Japanese shit. Um, but yeah, there's, there's so many like so many ideas. I mean, you, once you've got like an eye concept, an idea, and then and then build a level around that. It's it's so much fun. Like, I I mean, I recently bought the extender battery for my gamepad. Good call. Because I was I was getting bored of you know like having to plug it in halfway through my Splatoon sessions because it only lasts for like three hours or it's something terrible. ridiculous. Yeah, so bad. So the extended battery lasts eight apparently. Five to but, eight. Um, Mario Maker seems to kind of drain it faster. I've heard other people on Twitter say this as well, so to kind of back me up because I was like, is this going? Faster than usual, kind of feels like it is. Yeah, so it's more like on the lower end, probably five hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, holy shit, time is like time just like disappears when you play when you're designing a level. Not so much when you're playing levels, but like just designing the levels that the hours just fly by. It's crazy. Like I just like looked up to the clock and it was like one o'clock, and I'm like fuck, I don't go to bed after like one usually. It's very rare for me to do that. And I was like, holy shit. It did not feel like that. I, like, I was just making a level, just a single, singular level. It took, it took that long. And it, it wasn't like you know, I was aware of what I was doing. It was just I was just enjoying making the level and testing it and getting it perfect. And then when I hit upload and then I looked at the thing, I was like, holy shit. So, yeah, follow, follow my Twitter if you want to uh, play my Mario, 
uh, Mario Maker levels, like I upload a screenshot of the uh, the code that you need to put in, mm-hmm. which is a bit of a weird way of doing it. Uh, I don't know if you can actually just if you follow some if you follow someone on Meverse. I don't know if it, you can do it that way, but the way that people seem to be doing it is taking screenshots of the the uh, the code, mm-hmm. um, which you can do within the Wii U, by the way. Lots of people yes. don't realize this. Kind of annoys me when people take photos of their TV. Don't make the Danny Bibbins rookie mistake who did that with, I don't know, something months ago. James is like, hey, idiot, do it like this. I'm like, oh, yes. thank you very much. There's a, there's a, there is an image share website which works yes. with the Wii U. Anyway, so yeah, do that. Um, so yeah, and I've been playing other people's levels as well. And the, uh, the 100 Mario challenge where you play, I think it's eight levels uh, on, on expert it's 16 I think basically you play eight random levels from uh, from the Miiverse and uh, it's like easy, easy medium and expert I did easy and medium pretty much without any problem but expert is just like all of the super like major trolley levels mm-hmm. and you've got to beat 16 of them uh, <laughs> with a hundred lives mm-hmm. <laughs> which sounds doable right like you know hundred no. lives uh, but holy shit! I mean, yeah, you can skip them. Thank you. If you just uh, hold down the select button or just swipe the gamepad screen, you can skip it. If you just like, okay, I'm not going to do this, or I, I'm, I'm going to do it, but it's going to take the whole all hundred lives to do it. <laughs> so you just you just skip it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've yet to beat the expert one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm very impressed with how quick everything is. You never see any kind of loading, like now downloading the level or something. It's just instantaneous. Like you skip a level, it's just boom, next one's there. You know, yeah, fast. I'm pretty sure even a big complicated level is only like a few kilobytes. If yeah, I guess it, I guess it's just the data, it isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just the it's just the level data rather than you know polygons. Mm-hmm. So it's very very clever. Um, but yeah, like the the ten Mario level challenge, which is actually totally different <laughs> from the 100 Mario challenge. It sounds weird to say that, but the 10 Mario challenge is actually the Nintendo design levels. Sure. Um, so you, you play eight of those, and they're, they're all very, very easy. They're very short, and they're all to show off just an aspect of the, the creation tools. So you'll have one just about you know the lifts or one just about the sound effects or whatever. So you can say, like, okay, that's how you do it. And then you can edit it immediately afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you can see how they did it. So um, yeah, you can get lots of inspiration from that as well. Because um, when, like I said, when you get all these tools piled on you, like just it gets a bit overwhelming. So you're like, you kind of forget that you can actually do certain things. You're like, oh shit, I didn't know I could do that. Um, like yeah, like I said recently, I just unlocked one of the the lifts, so you can actually draw like a path and add lifts, and but you can also add enemies onto it. So you can have enemies like going around in certain patterns, whatever you want. Uh, you know, you've got hidden blocks and the, uh, like I said, special effects and sound effects. You know, like when you go through the correct door on my kanji game, uh, it goes ding dong if you get it right. Mm-hmm. Things like, oh, you can have like the heart pounding sound effect, like if you have like a really tense area, you can, to make it even more tense, you can have the screen darken and the heart pounding sound effect, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are freaking endless amounts of possibilities it's ridiculous um so yeah like playing i just hope people design better levels because <laughs> at the moment you either get the super trolley ones or just kind of like 
just a very kind of uh, basic, uh, just using one concept, you know, like lots of one kind of enemy or something like that. I mean, it's still early, man. I'm, it's only been not even a month since the game's come out. I, I imagine that people are getting better <laughs> at doing this type of stuff. So it's just going to take a little bit more time. Then you'll start seeing some really godlike stuff, when, especially when everybody I mean, has everything unlocked and all that type of stuff too, man. So The ones that people seem to be giving stars to, which is, you know, like if you like a level, you give them a star, um, is the ones that kind of play themselves. Like it says, you know, don't touch the control pad. And it's just Mar- you just leave it and then watch Mario go through this you know bullet hell of like right. fire fla- uh, fire things and everything. Uh, I'm not yeah I don't see the point of that. Uh, I think I mean <laughs> it, I think they're incredibly clever and it takes a yeah. lot of planning to make it. Well done. I, I I thought it was just cool. I gave a guy like a, a, a oh yeah or whatever you call it. <laughs> and, uh, a star. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's cool, and I could I could understand that something like that would take a lot of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like actual like gameplay, is that fun? I mean, I don't really yeah, know. It is fun. <laughs> it's something you could just watch <laughs> on a video. You want I mean, to? Yeah, exactly. Um, or if little... you really wanted to try to be good, try to fucking start moving around on there and try not to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The other ones are the music ones, like um, the music blocks. You know, it's kind of like Mario Paint. You know, the the position that you put the music block in changes the tone. So people have created these Rube Goldberg machines that play, you know, like the, the F-Zero theme song, hmm. uh, things like that, or the Mario Kart theme song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, again, they're very clever. Because you can actually record your own sound effects, but um, they are not, you can't actually download. When you download it, it just gets replaced with a generic one. Ah, just, so, okay. just so people don't have, you know, you know, ball bags coming up. Uh, or whatever, <laughs> or whatever <laughs> that people would well, put in. Well, in the context of that phrase, it could be perfectly fine, but you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a shame they don't have a, like a audio filter for that, but that would take freaking ages. <laughs> or just one guy checking every sound effect. That sounds like, more likely. Wanker, ball bags, arsehole. No, not that one. <laughs> I, I do Next. like that some websites like Kotaku and places now are like compiling lists of here's 20 good Mario Maker levels. Yeah, yeah, you need to rely on those kind of things. Cause yeah, the, I think that'll be very important. Yeah, people are easily impressed. It's like, you know, by the Rube, Rube Goldberg machine ones. Uh, it's like, well, that's amazing. You know, people like Danny, uh, yes. who just gives stars to things like that. Absolutely. Don't give stars, give, give stars to like, you know, well-designed levels that are challenging, Don't but not that. fully, <laughs> but not just trolling the shit out of you, you know. Like let's just let's just put one block, you know, one block size uh, platforms across lava for the entire level. It's like, well, yeah, we, anyone could do that, but those kind of get a bit boring after a while. Um, I tie. I don't know if you saw the one I kind of uh, tweeted at you. They um, somebody had done like a Meat Boy level. Yeah, I I saw That's that. It looked really easy to me. Actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For, Did you for see the one I guy. sent to you? Um, yes. Uh, remind me again. Uh, the the one that took the creator nine hours to beat. Oh, that was the 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 famous uh, the speedrunner guy or whatever. The... Yeah, I I don't know if everybody knows, but there there's a, a small but dedicated uh, Super Mario World community that builds these ridiculous levels right. that you need to know every in-game exploit and one frame margin yeah. to beat. Oh, and so it's one of these guys. 
Okay. He, so yeah, Ty he made an amazing the, uh, level. So as as you know, Ty, you know to upload the level you have to beat it. So his whole stream was him trying to upload his level. And I think it, did it take him like three hours to beat nine it hours. There's a timer. <laughs> there was a timer on screen. It, it took him nine and a half hours to beat his own level. So I think it was uploaded for other people. So, so I think during the designing design process, he tested every bit. Uh, individually, right? But to actually do them all in one go is obviously freaking hard. I mean, he was like kicking shells off the wall and then on the rebound, spin jumping off the shells to go onto the next platform. And then there was one part where he has three shells. He's got like a power switch and there's two shells moving on top of spikes and he'd throw one and one shell would hit him and as it hit him, it knocked his first shell off and he'd catch the next one. And this yeah. juggles him in the air, and it's like, what is even going on? It is, right, yeah. and it, in Super Mario World, if you're carrying one of the P-switches, you can kind of pivot back and forth, let go of it, and jump off of it uh, right, right. mid-air, and that's a one-frame margin that wow. you have to do that properly. And somebody's asking about that in like the comments. And in Mario Maker, you can still do it. It just has like a a few frames wider of a margin. Oh, so it's quote unquote easier. Yeah, <laughs> for babies now. <laughs> so I, yeah, I'll have to look for that level. I'll I'll look for that level in Mario Maker. See the the completion ratio. I'm pretty sure it's on zero percent still. Yeah, it's like <laughs> maybe maybe the uploader came back and beat it again. I don't know. I would like to try it. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah, there's there's those there's those kinds of levels. I, I'm aiming for like somewhere in between. I'm like a challenging, mildly trolling level, and that's beatable by most people. That's what I'm kind of aiming for. Except if Ty gets the game, then I'll make a level that's almost unbeatable. Just right. To see if he can. Beat there, it. there was one other level that caught my eye, made by a. Uh... Famous fighting game troll, Jeff the Hero. He made a, a moral choice Mario level. <laughs> I don't know if oh, you guys saw it. Oh, yes. Is that where you have to choose to kill Yoshi or not? Yeah. Do, yeah, do you love good. your son? How <laughs> far would you go? Yeah. That was good, that <laughs> one. Your son. And then you kill the Koopa Trooper, and apparently that was your wife. Yes. <laughs> and we yeah. won't spoil the ending for you. Right, exactly. Cool. Good times. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to designing more levels. And yeah, please. Uh, oh, we should mention at this point the uh, fan slash uh, troller of this podcast, uh, the Owly Terrier. He's actually got a second name. Uh, something lizard, eight bit lizard maybe. He made a Famicast level. Mm-hmm. And um, Danny, have you played it? No, man. I barely okay. able to. Been able to get back in the swing of things yet. Okay, so on only, so far only me and Matt have beaten it. Um, so it's up to you guys to okay. <laughs> to, to beat it as well. Um, yeah, it's an incredibly jolly level. It'll take you quite a few tries to get through it, but once you work out what he's trying to achieve, then yeah, it's beatable. Yeah, but yeah, it's got it's got all our, it's got all our names in, and it's got you know little theme sections based around. Uh, our names. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how he did it, <laughs> but there's a there's like a full name, that... middle name, and you know, social security numbers, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Ty's whole personal background is on there. Good. Yay. <laughs> Sounds good. But yeah, it's good times. 
yeah, so things like that, if you want to send us that, yeah, please do. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, James, that's all you got for new business? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll go ahead and move on to Ty. Ty, so what have you been playing lately, man, outside of, you know, wandering around at TGS and doing indie stuff or whatever? Well, Killer Instinct, nothing new happening there. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, it's yeah. fun. I got to the part where you uh, make levels and then you get online and try other people's levels. Wow, okay. That's such a rip-off of Mario Maker. Right. <laughs> they, they, they've developed that feature the entire time since... Uh, Mario Maker's <laughs> release like a month ago. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's fun. I haven't got too far into it. Um, I'm still doing like all the regular missions and all sorts of stuff. It's a it's it's a very big, wide open game with a lot of stuff to do. So I'll be at that for a while. But mm-hmm. uh, I want to talk about a different game. Okay. I want to talk about Konami Dance Evolution. <laughs> <laughs> What? Yeah. What? Maybe you've seen this game in arcades. I don't know. Okay. Uh, anyway, it came out on 360 for Connect in 2010. Okay. I don't like the start of this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I've been sitting on it for a while. I got the the a Connect and like the game for like maybe thirty dollars total. Okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, one of my my friends, one of the other teachers in this town, was talking about. It's like, oh yeah, I love that game. And uh, another thing, the same person I mentioned just a while ago, Jeff the Hero, <laughs> said uh, he lost a lot of weight playing that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I, I thought I'd give it a try. Plus, I love achievements. I'm in it for the achievements. So I've been going nuts on that game, mm-hmm. like nonstop. Like you know, I used to be a big, big DDR guy, and now I'm just playing. Like, I, I make it a point to play it a bit every day. Mm-hmm. See, see if I can uh, get in shape a little bit. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, right on, man. So I've gotten almost every achievement. Uh-oh. I, I triple A'd a song on stealth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you, are you, doing, on... you doing it properly, right? You're not, like, using your hands or something. Uh, no, the only way to play this is with a connect with your entire goddamn body. <laughs> oh right, so no cheating. Okay. Yeah, there's. It's not like DDR where you can play it with a controller. No, it's like there. There are all these different motions you have to make. There's a dancer on screen, but it it shows the cues for the parts you actually have to do. Mm-hmm. Like on easy, you only have to like hit like key poses, or you know, put your hand here, step here, and then it has these progressive levels of difficulty where, uh. You play on master difficulty where you have to do every goddamn thing. And you play on stealth where you have to do it with like no on screen cues. Oh man, okay. So you really gotta have it down, basically. Yeah, like you can you can follow the dancer uh sort of they they'll do things you can't really react to, so you do have to know it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and if you look on YouTube there's like it's an arcade game and there are some pretty good dancers out there I'd probably out and about in Japan. 
Yeah. <laughs> is is the camera stuff pretty responsive? Do you think it works pretty well? Yeah, it works really well. Mm-hmm. Super yeah, well, this... like. If there's one thing the Kinect was made for, it's this kind of game. Dancing games of the Kinect are fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm really impressed with the accuracy and responsiveness. Like, I've only had one problem ever, and it's when, like, one corner of the room was dark. So, like, I just put on white socks, and it would finally pick up my left foot, and, I, I, and then I would be good. It would be solid gold. Cool. I don't know. Some, something sounds a bit fishy here. Kinect... Good, responsive, works well. Uh... Yeah, like, I for my Connect, I have Dance Central and uh, Children of Eden, or Child of Eden. Two games, they are the only two games I want, because everything else is garbage. But <laughs> I think Dance Central, or this this one he's playing, Dance Evolution, are actually worth buying a Connect for if you have a 360. Yeah, they're, and like a, so a fucking open air, airport hangar to play it in. That's <laughs> true. And background dancers. Yeah. No, you you can actually record yourself and then have yourself as a background dancer. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're your so, own so like hype if, man. Yeah, so like if you really nail it, you record it, and then, you, yes, you can be your own hype man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was too until I got married. <laughs> So uh, I like that game. I'll, I don't know. I'll, I'll put up a video of me playing it sooner or later. So, I want to see that. Yeah, I think you'll be impressed, actually. Nice. Cool. So yeah, that's it for me. Okay. Cool. Well, um, for the podcast audio listeners, we're going to go ahead and cut over to an audio recording between James, Matt, and I. Uh, we actually recorded <laughs> a freshness burger in Ginza. Um, so if you guys, oh, a good burger. yes. So uh, please enjoy that for the uh, podcast listeners. And if you guys are listening live right now, be sure to check out the podcast version so you can see that as well or hear that at least. So mm, I'm, I'm thinking about that burger again now. Here we go. Yes. Hello there, welcome to this segment of the Famicast. Actually, we're sitting here live at a Freshness Burger in Tokyo, and of course, James is here too. James, say hello. Hey, how's it going? I got burger in my mouth. <laughs> yep, James is uh, actually eating supper or whatever. And uh, actually, we have a very special guest returning to the show, Mr. Matt Walker. How you doing, Matt? Pretty good, Danny. Thanks for calling me special. I, I don't get that enough. <laughs> well, I, I try to make people feel good about themselves on the show. I do. I feel very good. I feel very good. <laughs> Cool, so Matt, I mean, obviously you haven't been on the show for a long time. Like, what have you been up to, man? Like, play, game game playing wise and stuff. It's been a while, hasn't it, man? Well, I've been I've been playing Mario Maker, and I'm pretty sure you have too, man. I mean, I've been really excited about the, the Mario 30th anniversary here. We're about to go to this concert. Yep. Very excited about that. We're sitting here in Yudak Cho, getting ready together. We'll talk about that later. Though. All right. All right. <laughs> we, won't talk, we won't talk about the concert anymore. No more concert talk. Only video games. Yeah. Only video games. <laughs> yeah. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't get to play anything at TGS, right? 
No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance. To t- I, yeah. <laughs> me neither, by the way. <laughs> oh, very little, anyway. Well, and you got there a little later than me too, I think, didn't you? I got there about no, I was there for two days, days, but I was just taking trolley videos. You see, James has no excuse. I played like everything that they had available there for Nintendo platforms. Granted, it wasn't that much stuff, but still. My excuse, my excuse at least, was that you know I was pulled into work meetings, so at least I had that. I'll, I'll accept that. That's a that's an acceptable answer. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I've been playing a lot of Mario Maker. I've been playing Splatoon and Mario Maker, and uh, Mario Maker has just been a ton of fun. Man. Just uh, two nights ago, I think now, maybe it was last night, I uh, I finally beat all of the ten ten Mario Challenge levels. Mm-hmm. When you do that, then you unlock those levels from the Nintendo World Championship 2015. Oh, okay. Okay. And then it turns out that if you beat those, you get something else. Whoa. I don't want to. I don't want to support spoil it for people. Okay. It's so, like three difficulties at the Nintendo World Championship levels, right? Um, I saw that. Easy, medium, and hard. Was like, it? Yeah. Okay. I. I mean, I don't know how they do that. Like, for maybe me, less lives or something. That's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I, when I had opened up, there was four levels. I opened up four levels, uh, and I mean, I guess, I guess, potentially, it's just that each level was kind of like. Of varying difficulty, like one one level is easier than the next kind of thing, um, and they were all relatively challenging levels, but still not nearly as bad as most of the stuff I've played made by people <laughs> on Mario Maker. And that that brings me to my dilemma. I was I was trying to talk to James and Danny earlier, trying to get some some uh, advice from my my Mario therapist, if you would. Mm-hmm. I have a problem, guys. My problem is that I know that each level that is put up on the Miiverse. Is beatable. Somebody's beatable, or else it wouldn't be able to be put up there. Mm-hmm. So I feel that I have to beat a level once I've started playing. Mm-hmm. So I will sit there and I will die a hundred times, <laughs> and I will not stop playing until I've beaten a level. So so far, my record is you know I'm 100. percent I'm batting them 100 here. Mm-hmm. I have beaten every single level that I've tried to play. Out of out of like how many like a thousand or? That's a great question. I wish I knew. I, I've. Basically, I'd get on Twitter, I'd see somebody post a level. And so you'd have only beaten four. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like four a few. I, I wish, you know, that you know would be great is we had like a web app. Yeah. That, like, that said, you know, hey, this is how many levels you can beat and stuff. Because yeah. um, I know you can see that in the game, can't you? Like they actually have that kind of information in the game. If you go, if you click on your profile, mm-hmm. uh, there's information like that. I don't know if it specifically says how many levels you've beaten. It might, though. Yeah. I mean, you, you've played more than me. I, I've just been kind of busy with TGS and, you know, all that type of stuff. So, but yeah. I've been, I've been enjoying not doing TGS stuff and playing way too much Mario Maker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been so much fun. But So my problem is that uh, I'll just I'll, I'll see somebody on Twitter go, I like this person or I think this person's interesting. I'm going to try their stages out. And I'll start playing these ridiculously hard stages. So like, there's, there's this uh, person on New York app named BY2K that has created one of these levels where the first thing in the level is a P-switch. Once you hit the P-switch, then that turns all the coins into blocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hit that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so basically you're timed, right? And you only start out with like 100 seconds to begin with. <laughs> and everything else is spikes. So you have to go through these pixel perfect jumps in order to get to the stage. And what happens is once you get over the first jump, the second jump then is this pixel perfect thing that's only like a sprite big. And once you jump through there, you have no choice but to trigger this this effect that's like the wavy effect that James was explaining was uh, came up with the perfect analog. It's like uh, what was the name of that stage? Yoshi's uh, get touch 
Fuzzy get dizzy. Yeah, yeah. Fuzzy, get fuzzy, get dizzy, or whatever it is in Yoshi's Island, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's this kind of wavy effect, like you're in a daze or something. So already you have to deal with all of these pixel perfect jumps. But furthermore, it's while the screen is literally becoming wavy, uh, and therefore making it even harder for you to judge the jumps. Yeah. So you can't avoid that. It, you it just happens. Whatever you do. You you have yes, because there's literally because you know you set up these these effects and audio cues based on you know per per, per block right per mm-hmm. tile. So he just sets that to the one tile that you have to jump to. <laughs> So what you're saying is this Y2K... DY2K, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you're saying that he's a complete asshole. That's what you're saying. You know, when I was playing, playing to that stage... Oh, yeah, maybe you know, BY2K is a nice person on NeoGAF. So, you know, I, mean, I, I very... I, and I like, you know, the things that they say. They're also a big Nintendo fan. But it's just... Yes, while I was playing the stage, I was like, I hate this person. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually I beat it, because, again, I won't quit until I beat every stage that I play. I can't wait to send you levels, Matt. Okay. <laughs> there was one, there was one, uh, somebody tweeted at us. Yeah. Uh, the, the Famicast, trolling the Famicast. Right. I I, yeah, I haven't, I haven't got to try that yet, so I'm probably going to get my ass kicked. I'm, I'm, I'm just ready for it. It's, it's, you know, that one, that was a fun stage. I thought that the, um... Oh, you, you played it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was the first one to beat it in the Famicast. Oh, man. So, right. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was a fun stage. It was. Uh, it had a lot of nice little secret things. Uh, you'll see. You'll see. There's this one pipe that you go down that, mm-hmm. that kind of triggers this cool like chain of events. Spoilers, man. Well, I didn't say what kind of chain. <laughs> okay. So. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I've just been. I've been totally enjoying my game. I mean, I think the only my only real problem with the game is just because everybody wants to like make a hard level, you know, and. A lot of times what happens is, if I play one level from a person, I'll play the rest of their levels too. Mm-hmm. So, like, Cheesemeister is another person on uh, NeoGAF. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys know Cheesemeister. Right. Cheesemeister, his first couple levels were actually pretty hard. And I remember thinking, I hate Cheesemeister. Is that what I'm <laughs> um, But I, I beat them because mm-hmm. I'm a masochist. <laughs> and uh, I think probably since then he's probably put up more, you know, fair levels. But... What I've been trying to do is, uh, in the levels that I create, I've been trying to make stuff that actually feels like it could be in, like, a Mario game, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to make stuff that, like, has, like, different paths, you know? Like, if you if you, if you you look in the corner and say, look, there's nothing over here, but I bet if I go jump, maybe I'll find, like, a shortcut. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've kind of tried to put that kind of stuff in there, too. I've tried to put, you know, power-ups in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've also tried to make it so that, like, there's, like, a trick to beating the stage, unless you find, like, the secret exit. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I've made a couple a couple stages based on flying, uh, in like you know Mario three with the raccoon, and then in Mario World with the cape. Uh, just because I actually I've always loved the flying mechanics mm-hmm. in Mario games. I don't know about you guys, yeah. That's what's been my favorite mechanic is being able to fly and then like oh you know I'm flying over somewhere that like you never would have been able to get to before in another Mario game, but that's opened up like mm-hmm. a secret or like a secret exit or something. You know, Cheese Bridge, Mario World. People always say you got to kill Yoshi to get the secret exit. No, you don't. You can fly right under it with the cape if you've got skills. Yeah, yeah. Which I do, of course, obviously. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> you I'm not going to kill Yoshi. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know who else wouldn't kill Yoshi is Greg Levy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very true. <laughs> that's right. I don't know if you guys have seen. Greg actually put up a a, a stage based on Cheese Bridge. Is, it, is this the real Greg Leahy, or is this an imposter? There are like five of them on Twitter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the real one on Miiverse. On, the twi- on Twitter, ah. they're all fake. Okay, okay. <laughs> on, on Miiverse, it's Yoshidius. Yoshi yeah, Yoshidius. That's right, okay. Yeah, yeah that's, you know, that's interesting. I wonder how I found this stage. How, how do I know that it's him? I'm not sure, but uh, I know that it is him. And, uh, yeah, he made this great, like, cheese bridge stage that uh, kind of 
punishes you if you try to sacrifice Yoshi. Uh, so, we'll was, see. There was another one, like, kind of, <laughs> somebody's done, like, a narrative using the Super Mario World, and you had to make, like, these choices, like, do you kill, kill Yoshi or not? And if you do, then it's, like, this writing comes up in coins, like, what kind of monster are you, that right. kind of thing. Right. It's, like, it's amazing what people have done, you know, yeah. actually putting, like, a story behind, you know, <laughs> killing Yoshi. And then you kill a Koopa Trooper and it was like, that was your wife, or right. something like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's like a critique on like overly dramatic games, right? Which wow. I can totally get behind because I'm the kind of person that loves games for the mechanics, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, certain games, like their stories, like Last of Us had a great story and everything, but like, I'd much rather play something like a Mario game that's... The mechanics are really solid, you know. You're not a fan of the walking simulators, first-person walking simulators. I haven't, played, I haven't played a whole lot of that stuff. I'm trying to think. I played um, is it get get home? Not get home. Go home. What? Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah. Home Alone. Uh, home Alone <laughs> Two on Super Super started, Nintendo. I can't think of the. It is, I think it does have home in the name. Gone I, home. I think it's Gone, gone Home. Gone Home. I unfortunately haven't played that. I'd like to try it out. See what it's like. I think uh, it's on Wii U as well. Really? Are you sure about that? I don't. Your Maybe. walk came out recently. Yes, your that's, walk that's another walking simulator. Is it? Probably from the title. <laughs> that's all the information I need. I think <laughs> it's it's supposed to be really big. It was a big iOS game, I think, but uh, unfortunately, I, I haven't played it, so I'm not entirely sure. But Mario Maker, anyways, I've been having a ton of fun with, even even if the majority of the levels I play are like overly hard, you know. Mm -hmm. do, do you have any amiibos, by the way? I do. Yeah, I got a. Uh, I did get. The, uh, the, what is it, how do you call it, the modern colored classic Mario? Right, right. The, the modern That's colored picture, yeah, yeah. because... Yes, not, not this. Right now, the what? classic, classic colored. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, James is actually wearing a classic, actually, I'm wearing so it. Were you? Uh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are both wearing 8-bit pixel small Mario t-shirts today because we're going to the concert. Yes, yes. Yep, you guys are both wearing suit jackets with them as well, looking pretty snazzy. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Again. Yeah, I also got a modern 8-bit Mario color one. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, it is, yeah. Shoot, because I know, when I was looking, I was looking on Amazon JP, like, not too long ago, because I wanted to get the classic one, but it was all sold out, and you can only get, like, the new one. And I was like, ah, oh, man, or you can buy, you know, the, the, the classic one for, like, two or three times more than what it's actually should be you know, worth. Exactly. Yeah, I thought about that too because originally I wanted to get the classic one too uh, and I just kind of missed out on it. I don't know what I was doing but that weekend then I went to the store and of course they were sold out so just at that weekend uh, James had actually tweeted that, you know, he had seen them at the store and I'm like, James, buy one for me. <laughs> <laughs> but by that time you changed your mind and Got one anyway. Yeah, by that, by that time I had gone to another store and saw that they had the modern coloring one, and I was just like, alright, you know what, I'm just going to get this and be happy with it. I, I seem to have a knack for bumping into amiibos like you want. You do, you do, because that happened with, uh, was it with Mega Man also? I, I thought it was Toon Link. You wanted Toon Link. Toon Link, yeah. Okay. Toon Link. You ended up getting him? Yeah, I've got Toon Link, got Mega Man. So have you scanned them all in from, into Mario Maker? Yeah, I, I do have, the only ones that I haven't scanned in so far are the, uh, the Splatoon amiibos. I actually have two of the three Splatoon amiibos. I want the, the, that, that, um... Squid as well. I was trying to think of the word in English. I want that squid as well, but unfortunately, I've never been able to find the squid. It's always a look. Danny's your guy. Yeah, loser. You should have got the three pack. I pre-ordered it basically like four hours after they announced that three pack. I pre-ordered it, and then like I don't know, within six hours, they were just gone. Yeah, that three pack is like one of the like rarest amiibo sets in not Japan. In Australia. In Australia, you can just walk into any game shop and just pick it up off the shelf. Is that right? Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Even now. Man, so I should have I should have hit up, you know, some Australian fans beforehand and, and instead of getting them, you know, separate willy-nilly, I actually, I found the, the boy squid, squidling in Japan and then 
I had found the, the girl one. I had gone on a trip back to the States at one point, and so I found the girl one, and I ordered that, mm-hmm. and I had it sent to my house, and then I got that one, but I've never gotten a squid. I it's, want that squid. Yeah, the squid, <laughs> the squid looks really cool. I can say it's... I, can, my, I still have the three-pack in the package, just in case I need to, like, sell it. Can you, like, scan them from inside? No, the I mean, you have to, like, <laughs> you know, mutilate the package to do that. Uh, okay, okay. Well, so, so that means you haven't used them with Splatoon, then, right? Yeah, I haven't done it. Because I just figured, I figured, oh, okay, it's no big deal. I'll be able to buy them ones, like, you know, one, pe- you know, one piece at a time. But obviously that doesn't happen because the stuff's way too expensive right. still. Right, yeah. That's a shame that you can't scan them because that does open up, it opens up, you know, more single-player challenges uh, in Splatoon, and then you know, as you beat those, then you can unlock like new mini, mini games. Mm-hmm. I want that squid one because you guys with the squid one, it unlocks from what I understand. The music one, is it? yeah, the music, yeah. Does it just open your freaking <laughs> amiibo already? No, it's gonna no, it's no man. <laughs> Dude, that, that thing is worth some money. That yeah. that three pack, you know. Well, you know, it's like I guarantee, like this is a type of well, okay, okay, I won't say I guarantee this, but I get you know maybe some year down the line, ten years, no one's gonna give a shit about that stupid amiibo pack, probably. <laughs> Except me. Hey, hey. It's a cool pack. It is. Yeah. It it's is. a cool pack. So while, while we're on the subject of Splatoon, I was actually talking about you and Greg, because when I was playing it with and against you yeah, yeah. in Splatoon quite a lot, like a couple of weeks back. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's been a while ago now, yeah. Now that I got Mario Maker. <laughs> right, right, right. So I, I've, I've only just got Mario Maker, and uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. But yeah, I'm still full on Splatoon. Still trying to get my rank up and my level up. So what, good. What rank are you now? Mm. I <laughs> recently went down to C plus again. I know that feeling. <laughs> I know that feeling. But um, actually, no. We just finished the European Splatfest. Uh, tidy versus Messi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was tidy and I was kicking some ass, but tidy lost completely. Like it was a devastation. It was. Mm. It was yeah, it wasn't even close. Yeah, over the weekend, uh, the states had art versus science, right? Uh, and uh, art one, right? Art one, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love. I love. What was that way. comeback? That this. The yes, the Luke and Mary. Yeah, it was. Uh, how did it go? It was something like, you know, the art team won. You know, the the the, the battlefield is their canvas, and then and then, <laughs> Callie, Callie, which one is Kelly? Kelly's the green one. Ah, uh, sure. The so green one. It's probably Kelly and Mari. Mari's on the right. Probably. Right. If that's the case, there would be. Mari says, uh, she says, she says something about, well, yeah, I guess we lost because we actually have jobs. Right. <laughs> and then, and then the, the purple one, the one, the one that won that said, wow, that was uncalled for. <laughs> like, uh, was, I love the way they write those characters in English. They're so good. I guess the, they had a, I thought they had a, a relatively decent comeback for um, the European one, too, for the. Which one? For the tidy versus messy. Uh, no, tidy. Oh, it was. Tidy so messy, messy says something about winning, oh, and then yeah. tidy, tidy says, I, "I guess we should have been more organized or something." Like <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't checked to see it. I just read the tweet about it. Uh, right. But um, there was something interesting on that topic. Like, um, there's actually a difference between the European, the British, and the American one. Talking about the Splatfest, because mm-hmm. um, something about people skiving off work. Which is, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which it's is, a which is a no, no. It's a British uh, phrase, which means um, Sky, skydiving. Right. Skydiving. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. No, no, no. It means slacking off. Right. So in the American one, it says something like, yeah, something like along those lines. So I thought that was interesting. Even in those little back and forths, mm-hmm. even between the two English-speaking regions, they're totally different. Oh yeah, you can totally tell. Yeah, like cool. like it must be that like the treehouse, you know, does the in at, at NOA does the, the look for. And then Shibata personally does the European. Yeah, apparently, yeah. <laughs> man, he must have some incredible British, British English. English you know? yeah. 
That's awesome. Oh man, British English is great. <laughs> I'm a big fan of British accents. Do you do, you, do you work with British people? Because I, I sometimes see you saying British. Yes. Yeah. 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 I uh, yeah, with yeah. Uh, Capcom Europe actually, I get to talk with them a lot and. Uh, Taking the piss or something? Oh, yes. Yeah. you said something like that? <laughs> probably. I've, I've probably said stuff like that, but I just I just love the British accent. <laughs> like, yeah. I love the way you guys talk. You're welcome. So, you right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I make them speak for me a lot because I just like to listen to them talk, which may be weird. But, yeah. So, I guess those are the two games you've been playing, right? Nothing yeah. else? Yeah, mainly just uh, Splatoon and Mario Maker. Yeah. Yeah, all right, I guess that's going to kind of do it for this segment. Um, well, actually, we're going to be going off to a concert here pretty soon, but we'll get back with the rest of the episode after this short musical break. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed that. And um, right now we're going to come back with a little bit of news. Um, you know, there's been quite a bit of stuff <laughs> that's come out since the last episode. But really? I think, kind of, I mean, we'll just we'll keep it to this for now, what we have on here. Um, there, there's one other big thing that I think we can maybe talk about in another episode. We're already going kind of long already. But um, so I'm sure out there that you guys have probably seen this already, but, you know, Star Fox... Uh, zero has been delayed. Um, so no. <laughs> if there was any doubt that game is going to have amiibo support when it comes out, that is gone. There is going to be a fucking R-wing amiibo when this. Actually, I, I, I know exactly what Cyrus thought when that and that was announced. It was like, is does that mean the Falco amiibo will be delayed? I did loosely borrow that. Yes. <laughs> that's all I. That's all I, I saw on Twitter. They were like, no, but what about the Falco amiibo? Yeah, this I guess it's some more information on that um, about the, this the game being delayed. Miyamoto had some comments to say, and you know he said that you know they've already reached a point where the game could you know technically they can get this thing out the door and it would be just fine uh, in time for the initial release that they wanted to have it. But they wanted to find things where uh, basically give the game a little bit more polish and stuff. So they're gonna. Uh, be delaying the game until uh, Q1 2016. So, I don't know. I mean... Well, I called it. Um, I thought that the, you know, it would either be released unfinished, if you remember my negative predictions before E3. Sure. I said it will either be released just as like a, as an episodic thing with a few episodes, or um, it won't be released at all. And that seems to be what happened. I mean, it's a shame that they're not saying we're delaying it to put in online co-op. <laughs> uh, they're just saying they're delaying it to polish it because you know, I mean, they even mentioned like the, the controls or something. Like Miyamoto was talking about how he wants the the controls to be perfect. You know, right. uh, if they hadn't even got the freaking controls done at this point, uh, what were they doing? Well, <laughs> I think the control thing. I think that stuff might have been fine. Like he goes on to Miyamoto went on to say like, although we feel that the development had been progressing well. We will now believe that we will need a little more time to work on areas such as the unprecedented discovery that we want players to experience in the game by using two screens and further polishing the level designs and perfecting the tone of the cutscenes. So, well, okay, I guess you could maybe look at that as like, hey, blah, 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 get on with it. We're not comfortable with the controls. We, what we want people to make it feel like it's, it's 
where where they don't say, hey, fuck, you know, these stupid motion stuff, these stupid motion <laughs> give me stuff with sticks, which I, I know a lot of people out there have maybe kind of said that, people that have played. Uh, I don't know. I mean, in not having played it, I feel kind of weird trying to play a Star Fox game all, you know, with can try to control the guns by using, you know, motion control stuff. I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think uh, they'll have a, a, a motion off option that they always yeah, have done. Yeah, I think they even confirmed that, but is that really the optimal way to play the game? You lose out on a lot of, uh, you know, options on where you can shoot and stuff. Where, you, whereas opposed, if you're using the gamepad, you can shoot in a lot of different directions. Uh, I, I, I do. I actually do like this platoon motion control. Hmm. So if it's like that, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always a little bit of upside. It could be something like that. Maybe not though. <laughs> so, well, yeah. we're not we're not gonna know until basically, you know, <laughs> next well, year. I got plenty of games to be playing anyway. I got a shit ton of games in the UK, and I've <laughs> I'll be playing those for the next probably six to seven months. So yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. So <laughs> John Ra- John Redden on the NWR staff, he's probably the most down on it because he's a Star Fox super fan. Mm-hmm. And you should watch NWR TV for a video of him reacting to the Star Fox delay. It's quite it's it's very funny. <laughs> Moving on with the news, uh, we already did touch on this one bit a little bit about Hyrule Warriors Legends with the no stereoscopic, stereoscopic 3D for non-new 3DS units, da-da-da-da-da. Um, I guess nah, this is also goes to one of Cyrus's favorite games from TGS, uh, Project Cross on 2. Um, there are some kind of Nintendo crossovers coming to the game, and from what I could tell, they weren't actually at the sh- on the show floor. Inside, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. Listeners out there, to feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. It happens a lot. <laughs> so, but anyways, for the, so. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and say you're wrong, even though I have no idea what you're talking about. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I I saw these characters like Krom and Lucina from Fire Emblem and uh, Cosmos from Xenogears and things. Were they actually playable? I didn't see them in the demo. I'm okay. pretty sure I used every character and every assist, and I didn't see them. Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure because I thought I was. I thought I did too. But yeah. So like he said, um, da, 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 what Flora from Xenoblade Chronicles. Then I'm not sure about this next character because I never played Xenosaga Episode One. It's loser. <laughs> uh, Cosmos was uh, one of the very first playable characters in the very first Cross Zone game, which is yeah. actually Namco Cross Capcom. Right. Yeah. That's what I was just gonna say. That in in uh, in Cross Zone once in Cross Zone one, she she's already a playable character. So she might okay. be the very first one, actually. Mm. Okay. Well, maybe I mean maybe the new thing is that they're pairing her up with you know the the uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles character. Yeah. That's probably the thing. Right. Um, the and the other one, like you know, Sai just said, uh, Krom and Lucina from Fire Emblem Awakenings are gonna be in the game. Um, yeah, actually, I mean, then again, <laughs> I know people like Cyrus don't really care when this game comes out, but it's coming out here in Japan November 12th, and then it releases in the e- in North America on February 16th, and then Europe on the 19th, and that's next year. So, um, The perfect Valentine's game for North Americans. Perfect. It's funny seeing uh, Fire Emblem characters showing up. Like First we had Codename Steam, right? They were all in there via Amiibos, and then now they're in this one as well. But I guess this is a third-party game, so... Right. It's now cross Nintendo, which is yeah. uh, interesting. Kind of. Not yet, but kind of. Is Mario in it? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> well, uh, that reminds me, like Pac-Man was never in it when it was uh, Namco cross Capcom, but he did kind of appear in the background as like a statue. Hmm. 
so maybe we'll see like a a Mario poster or statue or hidden thing in the background. So, so Cyrus, you're telling me in your 30 hours of playing the other one that you didn't see any stuff, any stuff like this in there, like uh, background characters that didn't make it as playable characters. No. So it's actually the one thing Project Crosszone does really, really well, and I will give my hat to <laughs> them, is that they they treat the characters from every game and universe amazingly. Like if you're a fan of that series, there are so many little nods and Easter eggs, like. Like so, for example, with uh, if you play as Ryu and Ken, there's a there's a really set combo that you do as Ryu in Street Fighter Four, where it's like you do a Dragon Punch, you do an X cancel into a into a Super Fireball, and one of his combos in Project X Zone, he does that by automatic, where he does the exact same combo. So if you're a big Street Fighter fan, you're like, haha, that's cute. He does that in Street Fighter. But uh, so the game is. Filthy with references, which is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, so if you're a fan of a particular series, you will you will get a smile at least once when that character shows up because they they really go all out on their little references. Cool. Well, you can't say no to Mario and Luigi being in it because they're in freaking puzzling dragons. So it could show up anywhere <laughs> at this point. I don't know. They, this is a game where you been. can play as you can play as like the main character from Dynamite Cop Two. But there's no Sonic the Hedgehog, so uh, anything goes in this universe. Good. What I like on some of the screenshots I saw, there was like a picture of uh, Chris uh, Redfield from Resident Evil. He was like standing there with like a gun, and then Mega Man was standing next to him, and he was like the same height and just looked weirdly the same proportions. It was so weird, <laughs> but it was hilarious. So. Um. <laughs> Yeah, he was in Namco Cross Capcom. He had one of the one of the best crossover moves. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smash Brothers is the best crossover game. It's the only one I need. You mean Battletoads Double Dragon? <laughs> yes. Is is the Infinity? Fake? Is that fake? <laughs> Cyrus, you're stuck in your own island by yourself, my friend. With all uh, well, probably like tons of other people too, but you know, that's fine. Anyway, Sega <laughs> fighting all stars. We all you can be the car here. from Daytona. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was Fighters Mega Mix. Yeah, Fighters Mega Mix. That's what it was called. Oh, you got owned, son. Fighting oh. all stars was the the canceled Capcom fighting game. Hmm. That I'm did, still did, salty about it getting canceled. Make a note, everybody. I just corrected Ty on a fighting game. Her. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Ty will punish himself more than I could ever do. Well, let's punish Ty by making him uh, charts again. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was up for a segue. Yes. So these these charts these are actually from Dingek uh, Dingeki. Um, the media create stuff wasn't available, but this is from uh, September fourteenth to the twentieth, and uh, this is the most recent stuff that we have available at this time. So come on, Mario. Yeah, okay. yeah you on, really want to know about Yokai Watch? You have to have it down to the single digits. <laughs> yes. So I just put it that. on your cork board with all your yarn. <laughs> yes. All right. So let's see. <laughs> Here's the top ten, except for all the games that are not relevant to Nintendo. So it's top six. <laughs> cool. Well, number number seven, Yokai Watch Buster's White Dog. <laughs> Is Sorry, that, I was running, I was running that, is that Tosan from the commercials? Yes. All right. Uh, 18,500 and something this week. 
almost a million altogether, 928,000. Yeah, what was just a, oh, sorry, Danny. I said, so what was weird about these numbers compared to the stuff that we usually put? Because the the numbers from Media Create usually put this game and the other version together. So I don't oh, that's know. That's why. Yeah, because oh, so yeah. is different. Yes, that's what it seems like. Okay. Oh. So it's like VG charts versus uh, the other one. The other <laughs> I think, one. I mean, I think both of them are like actually legit things. You know, that I mean, like businesses here in Japan. On the, the Yokai Watch Busters thing, and something I've been meaning to mention a couple of times uh, past couple of episodes. My um, my son. Well, I made my son watch Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters good. animation, because mm-hmm. um, I wanted him to, to watch good animation. Oh, the cartoon show. Yeah. Damn. And he loved it, and he, he we watched like the whole first series was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we watched like the whole first series, and this was before I went to England. So he said he wanted me to pick up a Ghostbusters car while I was in England. So I, I got him a little Ghostbusters car, like a, just a miniature, like nice. you know, diecast size one, and yeah, he loves it. But as I was watching Ghostbusters, all the memories coming back. Obviously, I'd already watched it all when I was younger. Yeah. I mean, but, I watched the cartoon when I was a kid. So I good, loved right? It. But it, yeah, it, it, I mean. It was obviously like drawn by Japanese animators. It was really well animated, and also all the kind of the ghost themes and everything. I was just like, "Holy shit!" Yokai Watch ripped off Ghostbusters so much; it is almost unbelievable. Like, wow. um, you know, like Yokai Watch is just the the Japanese Ghostbusters. It really is. Like, because like Ghostbusters goes through all the themes. Like, you know, they've got all the classic monsters and ghosts. You know, like the the Sandman. Or the boogeyman, you know, all those kind of, you know, Western yokai that we all know. Wow. And so that's basically like a Japanese kid watching Ghostbusters would be like, you know, who's the Sandman? Who's the boogeyman? And so when Yokai Watch finally comes west uh, to the west, you know, we're going to have the same reaction. Like, who the fuck is this, you know, uh, umbrella with legs? Right. Which is, which I remember well. that guy from. <laughs> From uh, Mystical Ninja from Golemon. Oh, they say ah, real monsters, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I the little turtle monster with lily pad, and why is it sucking my soul out through my butt? Yeah. <laughs> so this whole yokai watch busters thing is just yeah, it just makes complete sense. It is fucking Ghostbusters. It was all along anyway. <laughs> Great. And yeah. There you go. That's my two cents on. And that, that's a very interesting uh, cultural insight right there. There you go. Just you a quick to... note. You said it, it went through all the different monsters. One thing that always bugged me about real Ghostbusters is they have the Halloween episode where, like, the spirit of Halloween, he's got a, like, pumpkin for a head. And uh, his name is Sam Hain in the show. And he's got this terrible Irish accent because Sam, because <laughs> he, he's, he's an Irish monster. But it's a mispronunciation of Samhain, which is the Irish word for Halloween. Uh, okay. And it has bugged me forever because <laughs> everyone in America calls it Samhain. Supernatural calls it Samhain. That group, that music band called Samhain calls it Samhain. <laughs> wow. It's Samhain. You're all monsters. You're the real well, monsters. That's cultural appropriation. <laughs> that's like uh, how Japanese, <laughs> Japanese people think Don Quixote is actually a donkey. It is. Oh. Trust me. <laughs> okay, well, so, so so that's number seven on the charts. Yes. Yeah, that, that's way more interesting <laughs> than like all these numbers, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about fucking Animal Crossing. Yes. <laughs> uh, ha- hapless home designer sold <laughs> yes. 20,000 
it passed a million. We're at 1.04 million. Good right. job, non-game. Yeah, ha- happy happy house arrests. And... and you should all be excited to know they got the restock of season one of the cards back in Japan. Yeah. Oh. You can calm down. Yeah. Great. Great. That was me. And the pre-orders went up in America for a season just releasing. God. Yeah, check eBay for the full collection. <laughs> okay. $10,000. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next we have uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, which is on this list of uh, Nintendo games for some reason. I put it there, intentionally. Good, good job. Remember when Metal Gear games came out on Nintendo? Yes. I've got all two of them. <laughs> yeah. I've got uh, Babel and uh, the uh, the Twin Snakes. <laughs> well, you, oh, you don't have the oh, Famicom. 3D. I don't have 3D. Oh, yeah, I guess the Famicom ones, they would count. Yeah. They're... Oh, you should, you should totally get... Uh, Metal Gear Solid a 3 3D. It's one of the finest video games ever made. Yeah, I the might do that. Seriously? Are you... Yeah. I, I was just talking with one of my friends, actually, mm-hmm. who, who said uh, he never wanted to play Metal Gear because he thought as soon as you got spotted in the game, it was game over. <laughs> well, there is, not... there is a mode like that, right? But yeah, that's like to... an optional super hard mode. But <laughs> that's not really how the game plays, and... Metal Gear Solid Five uh, actually lets you get away with being spotted fairly often. Instead of being totally fucked, you basically have to run away and hide for a while. <laughs> I mean, it's you could do life. that in Metal Gear Solid Two and Three, but it's a lot more difficult. Yeah. But like, since Metal Gear Solid Five is like an open world kind of game, you can just run really far away. The or. You get a lot, of, a lot of opportunities to break the line of sight. So, Ty, this is the Xbox One version, obviously, because it's in Japan. Yeah, it sold 500 million in Japan. <laughs> it sold one yeah. to every Japanese person. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now, it, it, on PS4, it sold 20,000. We're up to 373,000 so far in Japan. Mm-hmm. Okay. I imagine this list excludes digital sales. That's a uh, thing. Like again, I, I'm not exactly sure. I think it might. I think this is only like physical copies. Right. I think. Yeah. Japanese people don't use the internet. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. They, I mean, I have to wonder, but does it include like uh, cards you buy at 7-Eleven <laughs> to <laughs> download possible. the game? That's something that they can, you know, track easier than what they. Uh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, things, they, things are starting to get more and more muddled when it comes to tracking video game sales. Right. True that. So it could uh, be, yeah, physical, any type of physical stuff. It could be. Uh, uh, who knows? But, um, Steam. Right. Who, who, who buys games on Steam? Am I right? Uh, you can get, you can get uh, Steam cards at Japanese convenience stores now. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, I saw that. I know, like a, a Western company? Yeah. Madness. All right, next. We have number three, Dragon Quest Eight on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, we saw massive billboards for that in uh, Tokyo, right, Dang? Yeah. Crazy. 27,000 last week. Uh, not quite 800,000 altogether. We got 789,000. Holy shit, 789? Just yeah. came out less than a month ago. So. Dragon Quest, still a big deal. Yes. Maybe not, big, as big. Quite, yeah, not as quite as big as, like, you know, Yokai Watch, but still, hey, there's still some really dedicated fans out there. Everyone have a day off. Don't, don't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's the, the Saboru game. 
Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yeah. Most of the time nowadays, that's like with Yokai Watch. They usually have those released on uh, Saturdays. But um, Happy Dragon Quest Day, everybody. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, a little Japanese note there. The, the word uh, saboru means to cut school or work. And I believe it actually comes from the French word sabotage. <laughs> oh, really? That's a katakana word. It's, it's not a katakana word. It's one of those extremely rare uh, words okay. that got into hiragana somehow, if I understand the uh, etymology properly. Yeah, that sometimes happens. Yeah, yeah because it, it gets treated like like a regular <laughs> Japanese verb, right? Mm-hmm. But it's saboru. It comes from sabotage, as far as I know. Cool. Sabotage. All right. Japanese lesson for the day. All right, number two. That's where Super Mario Maker is. It's number oh, two. Oh, number two. Okay. Not quite number one. It better be. Oh, actually, two, number, number one, one is really far ahead. Holy shit. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Uh, Super Mario Maker fifty-six thousand. Okay. Five hundred forty-one. Yeah, second week. So. Yeah. So. I must have sold like 140,000 the first week, which is pretty hot. So nice. we're looking at 190, 194,000 altogether. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm rounding up. Yes, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Hot stuff. Number one, number one. Pokemon Super Mystery Dungeon. Oh fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody talked about this yet. Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about it because all the mystery dungeon games just kind of roll together for me. I have no interest. Of in do. Them at all. They're all the same game. <laughs> I've I've never played this game, but it was on my radar because a guy that does music for this game uh, <laughs> also did music for Smash Brothers Brawl and Beat Mania 2DX. <laughs> <laughs> of course he did. Yeah, you, you know me. I fucking love 2DX. Yeah, so uh, 150,000 copies first week. Hot stuff yeah. coming through. So yeah, Pokemon said, "Okay, Yokai Watch Busters. I'll show you how to do a side a side game." Yeah. So there they go. Yeah, I mean, Yokai Watch are not the official mascots of the Tokyo Olympic Games. <laughs> Pokemon are. That's right. They're still the status quo. Yeah, even Osaka or Kansai International Airport has its own little mini Pokemon shop where they just sell airport themed Pikachu stuff. <laughs> There's a highly specific market. You know, some <laughs> dude has a room dedicated to it. Of course. Of course he does. Yeah. He's called yeah. Daniel Bivens. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. All right, who wants to talk hardware? Um, I, I can go ahead and talk hardware. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so that particular week, 3DS was on top, uh, about 26,000 units. Uh, for the fiscal year to date, as of right now, it's sitting at about 708,000. So not Oh, bad. that's what FY stands for. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. I'm... I was thinking of something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, with, with, the, with the Media Create stuff, that usually I nabbed from NeoGAF. Thank you, NeoGAF. Um, yeah, usually they have uh, the you know the total the lifetime to date stuff, but for whatever for the Dengeki stuff they just don't. Um, I got this from NeoGAF as well. Thank you again. 
Um, uh, that same week, PlayStation Vita coming in in second place, about 17,000 units sold. Uh, year to date, about 333,000 units. Um, then after that comes the Wii U, about 15, almost 16,000 units, sitting at about 305 uh, for the year at this point. So uh, there's there's a Mario Maker bundle. Uh, I saw this in the shops. It's the, the the Wii U is not any different. There's no stickers or anything on it, but it's a very nice box. It's a yellow Mario Maker box. Uh, right, looks very nice. And it should be noted too that this is the like the first full week after Mario or Super Mario Maker was released. So I, I don't I didn't really took a, take a look at the previous week's numbers to see the hardware. So it could have made a little bit of a spike there and come back down. I, I should have checked that before. Sorry about that. Um, but yeah, then right after that, actually quite a ways down, PlayStation 4, about 720,000, 700, sorry, 7,200 uh, units that week. Uh, year to date. <laughs> you see, this is, this is why Ty usually does it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So year to date, about 400, a little less than 450,000 year to date for PS4. Um, bringing up the rear of the, of the list here, <laughs> uh, PlayStation 3 coming in with just a, a little over 2,000 units. Uh, for the year, sitting at about seventy-one thousand, and uh, poor Xbox One. Oh, can I can I guess? I'm I'm actually not looking at the document at the moment, so I I genuinely don't know. Okay, yeah. If you guys don't know, just go it's, ahead and guess. It's been 180, 180 units for a few weeks now. Yes. Uh, but I'm gonna guess with Metal Gear coming out, it could have boosted sales to like I don't know, maybe three hundred. Okay. I'm gonna go with three hundred. Ty, did you already see the final number? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Okay, size. Damn it. Okay. Well, I, I just said preface, I like how you said, and pulling up the rear is the PS3, that the Xbox is so far below this, it doesn't even count as being at the bottom of the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. so, James, like, you've yeah. given it way too much credit, man. Like, unfortunately, for Xbox One in Japan, uh, 171. So that's a number that we haven't seen. Oh, <laughs> at okay. least we're talking about it here on the show. I swear to God, it went from like 150 to like 180, 150, 180. That's what we kept doing for past years. Okay, so people who already had the Xbox bought Metal Gear for it. They didn't buy an Xbox for Metal Gear. Exactly. <laughs> okay. They're playing on the PS3s or PS4s, unfortunately, for at Microsoft. So, but yeah, that's uh, pretty much going to do it for news and charts. Uh, again, we have another special feature for podcasts. Oh, 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 right now, uh, James and I. This is and amazing. Matt yeah. actually attended the Super Mario concert, the, uh, celebrating the 30th year anniversary of the series. Uh, so yeah, please. This is um, this is the music that you've been hearing in the show so far, by the way. Yes. Um, pretty epic stuff. Yeah. Well, let's uh, cut back to me, Danny, and Matt. So this is James, and I have just come out of the Mario concert with Danny and Matt, and yeah, we're buzzing. It's it was an amazing concert. Um, started with a Super Mario Brothers medley, and ended with a Mario World medley. But then surprise ending, Koji Kondo came out, 
played in solo, and then they did an encore of Galaxy. So it was a pretty epic finale, right? Yeah, that was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah, Koji Kondo had done uh, what he called the, the athletic medley. Athletic medley. Different athletic songs from various games. A lot of them were from Super Mario World, though. Happy to see that. Oh, yeah, hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, throughout most of the concert, I kept thinking, yeah, I, I feel a distinct lack of Super Mario World music. Well, it's because they were saving that for the end, huh? <laughs> I think the credits theme to Mario World is like the best way to end the concert. It's so, so good, right? No kidding, no kidding, man. It's, it's so epic, right? And the way they have these, these kind of tempo changes, right? The key changes. It just gets more and more epic. Right. Uh, it's a really great way to end the concert, really. You always imagine those little baby Yoshis hatching at the end. Right. A tear may or may not have dripped from my eye. No, it didn't. It might have, though. <laughs> um, so, Danny, what would you say is your song highlight? Uh, I really like the the Mario 3 stuff that they did, especially when they started going uh, into the song segments with, like, uh, Boom Boom and all, like, the Koopa Kids. Yeah. Guy just rocking out on the guitar. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, right. It was amazing. Yeah. Oh man! They, and they really, obviously, because it's Koopa, right? They really featured the electric guitar really heavily during that that medley there of Koopa songs. Right? And the lights went all red and like flashing and stuff. That guy on the guitar was like loving it, wasn't he? He's like a rock star. <laughs> yeah, or something like that, right? That's hey, really cool because. The way they have a lighting set up, right? So they kind of have all these props in the front where they have like these, you know, they had like the blocks from you know, level one, one out right. front, and they had, you know, all these different green pipes out front and stuff. And in the back, the wall, when they shine different lights on it, like sometimes it would look blue with like, you know, with clouds, and then they could also make it look black, which made it feel like, you know, one, two, for right, instance, right. the underground. So that was really cool, wasn't it? That's got a very good lighting effects and everything. Made it, even though it was the same set, the set never changed, but just by the lighting and the effects, made it feel different, right? Right. And I, I was talking to these guys earlier before we started recording, but um, one kind of interesting thing, uh, a Zelda concert that I went to back in 2011, it's like it was a type of thing where you had to do a raffle and buy Ocarina of Time 3D, da 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 da. But the, the concert was nowhere near as, you know, Highly produced. There were no screens showing gameplay videos or anything. Oh, really? Like that. Interesting. I thought they were. Yeah, I mean, okay. not at that one. Because I think okay. after that, when the stuff went to America the, um, and like all over the all of, uh, other places throughout the world and stuff, they started kind of getting a little bit more crazy with it. And you know, going going to like a concert in Japan isn't like it is in America or something where people are going crazy, borderline. You need security there for everyone's safety well I don't know there was a guy in front of me he was bopping his head throughout the whole concert he was like standing up when they were giving applause oh, wow. <laughs> he was really loving it that, that's cool yeah yeah I don't know I've been to you know a couple concerts in Japan it's usually kind of like a subdued atmosphere and I mean you know this is still I think pretty lively people are obviously enjoying themselves but not like aside from the guy sitting around James I guess I mean <laughs> we didn't see anybody like standing up but you know people were clapping and yeah for the most part yeah the people around us weren't really standing up at all there's a, the guy sitting to my left, he kept like, mentioning stuff to his girlfriend, and it didn't sound like he had a Wii U, because when he said something about Mario Maker, his girlfriend's like, oh, you should, you should buy that, and he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So. <laughs> Get him out of the concert, I would have thrown him out immediately. Right. Yeah. So if we rewind a bit, um, I, uh, obviously, uh, Danny was <laughs> using a ticket that Matt had got from yes. this way, so they were sat together. I was sat on my own upstairs on the second floor and Danny and Matt were on the first floor, but apparently I was a little bit more towards the stage, even though I was upstairs. Um, so yeah, I was sat, we actually bumped into uh, JJ Epson from 8-4 Play, friend of the show, and uh, Chris Kohler from Wired, 
let's call him a friend of the show. Well, he's been on the, chat, the telephone, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not with us, but with yeah, the not, RFM not with guys. <laughs> we'll have to invite him on next time. Yeah, and apparently Jeremy Parrish was there. We didn't, we didn't bump into him, but anyway, yeah. There's, uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of um, gaijin, foreigners there. It's uh, interesting to see. So apparently the, after the lottery, they actually started selling the tickets just outright. And there was a surprising amount of free, like free spaces, like empty seats. Yeah. Yeah, 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 there was one empty seat right in front of me. Yeah. So originally we thought, oh, we could actually call James out here to sit in front of us if we wanted to. But I think he had a better seat upstairs either way. Yeah. Yeah. I was sat next to two empty seats and several more around me, so yeah. I'm sure people are listening are like, you know, kicking themselves. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that works because, so I actually applied for both the Osaka concert and the Tokyo concert. And so obviously I, I won for the Tokyo concert, but the Osaka one I didn't. So I wonder if the Osaka concert was like even a smaller venue and they, you know, maybe. So were you going to go to both if you got both? Actually, no. I was, I was, my, my plan was, the Osaka was actually backup. Uh, and I was going to come to Tokyo one year way. So it turns out the Tokyo one was the best one anyway. We kind of got off topic. We were talking about what our favorite moments were. How about you, James? What was your favorite moment from that performance? I think near the end they had the 3D World medley and uh, the Neko Bowser, the Neko Kupak uh, Cat Bowser uh, stage theme. Uh, that's a great. I mean, the game in the game itself, it's amazing. But to see it perform live, it's just like, yeah, with the, the guitarists, you know, going full throttle on the guitar there is amazing. Yeah, just like building up and the lighting going all red and everything is, yeah, I really like that one. Actually, all the 3D World music was pretty good. Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? I mean, it's good anyway, so. I actually had that soundtrack, the Mario 3D World soundtrack. I got that from Club Nintendo. I love that soundtrack. Nice, nice. So cool. And all the soundtracks. The only one I don't have is Mario Kart 7, because, or Mario Kart 8, I guess, right? Because that one came out on a Club Nintendo after I had spent all my Nintendo points. I didn't think I, I, there would be anything else. So I was like, okay, I'm going to spend all my different stuff here. I ended up getting uh, a couple different things. I got this t-shirt that I'm wearing, this Mario Kart t-shirt. And then, sure enough... It's a nice t-shirt. Thanks, man. Actually, weren't you saying that your, your son actually has? Yeah, they're actually selling kids-sized ones of those in color. They're pretty cool. So, yeah, that's a good point, actually. The Mario Kart was the only non-standard you know, Mario standard platform Mario yeah, game, I guess. Yeah. The, the non-platformer game, yeah. And actually, that was, for me, that was the, I mean, I love all the music that we heard tonight, but for me, the highlight was actually getting to hear the Rainbow Road, the oh, N64 yeah. Rainbow Road theme. Oh, man, that just sound, it sounded so cool. I actually kind of got chills when I was listening to it. It kind of brought me back to, like, oh, my God, to think about... Jesus, we've been playing these games all these years throughout all our lives, you know, and actually getting to hear this music and, uh, you know, played by a live band, which is an epic event. It's amazing how, like, just hearing video game music played by an orchestra can make you, like, feel moved. It's just a freaking Mario game, but you actually feel moved by it. It's just amazing, isn't it? Just, you know, yeah, I mean, this nostalgia come flowing, but they're flooding back in and stuff. That's what it's all about. And going to concerts like this, I mean, I, I remember telling some coworkers and stuff like, "Hey, I'm going to go to a video game concert." Like, what's this bunch of beeps and boops? What do you want to do there? It's like, yeah, <laughs> they're imagining Tetris, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, some people might be moved by that. I, I don't know. That's totally fine. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. Game A, that that music's pretty pretty powerful. I think so. Uh, if you're Russian. Yeah, I, I'm particularly fond of B, but that's just me. But. Actually, yeah, I said um, orchestra. There was actually, I counted them, 15. And they actually called them the Super Mario Brothers special band. They called them a band, not an orchestra. Because actually there wasn't a composer. 
We didn't right. mention that. There was no composer, so they'd all just memorized it. Just, uh, they said they actually mentioned it a few times in the concert that they'd had practice that day. Yeah. So, you know, obviously they were well practiced. But yeah, it was pretty impressive. They had the, um, the, a special pianist, I guess. I guess he was semi famous, I guess. Also, yeah, the, pian- <laughs> the pianist was the guy that actually arranged the music. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, yeah. actually, you said there's no composer. I think the word you were looking for is conductor. Uh, conductor, right? yes. Yeah, yeah. Did I? I said composer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I meant conductor. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the, guy, the, the guy that was the, the pianist was like kind of the leader of the band that actually has rearranged the music. Yeah, yeah and the, ba- the drummer was actually female. The, one of the drummers was female. She was like, yeah, she was pretty hardcore, right? Yeah. yeah she had great. bigger muscles than me. <laughs> some, great, some great solos. Really good solos. I oh, yeah. oh, loved it. It was so cool. I think all the guitarists were men. I think it was only, was it one guitarist? Two guitarists and a guy that did the bass and banjo. No, it's, uh, yeah, whatever. There were at least three percussion, like um, trump, trombones or trumpets. And they're all, they're all guys, you know, big guys, right? Right. Um, Saxophone section, three saxes. Uh, and there's a violinist. Yeah. She was awesome. She was yeah. really cool. I like she was called Sayaka, like all in um, Romaji. Yeah. Like she was like Cher. She just got one name. Yeah. Doesn't need a surname. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and one of the percussion guys, so not, not, the, not, the, not, the lady that was on, not the lady that was on the drum set, but the other percussion guy, yeah, his name was like Asa-something, yeah, yeah, I forget, yeah. like, like he also did like the all Romaji thing, the Roman lettering for uh, his name too. He's too cool for Kanji. Yes. Um, and there was also the, one of the keyboard, keyboardists, is that a word? Um, she also sang one of the. Um, yeah. I didn't actually recognize that song. It was a piranha plant. Was in, in English it would be piranha plant. Lullaby. Yeah, the Piranha Plants Lullaby. And so I actually couldn't sunshine? place it either. What is that? Yeah. Was that Sunshine? Was that... Because I was wondering if it was supposed to be that song from uh, Mario 64 where, you know, if you tiptoe by the right. Piranha Plant, like the... But I don't remember it sounding like that, so I don't know. Like, but yeah. she sang it, but she wasn't using words. She was just kind of like using la la la, la, la. yeah. Like, yeah. Between humming and singing, I guess. I don't know. But she did sing. She did also sing another song. It was the How to Draw the Mario Face song, right? And so it's a... Yeah, no, it's... What game is that from? Is it from a... It's not... Oh, you know you know who would know that? Don Koopman. I think he would know that. I wonder if it was... I mean, it looked like it was like DS Resolution, so I wonder if it was in like a WarioWare name, That's what I was thinking. That's what it looked like to me. Like it could have been like a WarioWare thing. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, like or a Picross or something like that. Yeah, that was good. And actually, the MC actually drew, was it the MC who drew the picture of Mario. I think it was him because he came back and then apologized for how bad it was. Okay. It was pretty bad drawing of Mario, by the way. There was some really good talks too. I mean, we did. James was pointing out earlier that a lot of the stuff that they pointed out. Uh, that like you know, Miyamoto-san, like Tizuka-san pointed out, was was very much like stuff that like if you're a hardcore fan, you've heard before stuff like that. The the clouds and the bushes actually use the same sprites; they're just color palette swapped, you know. And, and the other one, the Goomba, is a mirror mirror image. Yeah, is exactly, that what you say? Yeah, the, the Goomba animation when it walks, right? It's just it's taking the same sprite, just flipping it horizontally. And by doing that, it makes it look like it's walking, right? Because of the way they drew it. Really cool. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we've heard before. We knew that stuff. Or, you know, they also talked a lot about how, you know, on, on the NES, they only had three different sound channels, is what they were saying. And so if they were, they were playing music with all three sound channels, but then when they would have, like, the jump sound effect, that would take up one sound channel. So then they would, that would take out one portion of the music, 
And then if you actually had a, an instance where you jumped and collected a coin at the same time, then you would only have the bass left in the music. And so, and everything else was being actually those other two sound channels were being taken up, taken up by the uh, the sound effects. So because of that, you know, they actually pointed out that you know, oh well, so you don't actually hear the music playing. But I don't know. I, I personally agree with the, the the guy that was doing the scene. He's like, you know, you don't you never really notice that, do you? That the music actually stops at those points. And sure enough, I never really realized that either. But you know, Kawano san actually said. Well, yeah, it's crazy, crazy how the, the mind just kind of interpolates for you, doesn't it? Yeah, that makes sense. Konchan, as he's uh, known internally, apparently. Konchan was uh, Koji Kondo, and Tezuka was Tenten? Tenten. Tenten, right. <laughs> it was interesting finding out their cute nicknames at work. Right, right. and if you remember, if you ever read the credits, right, like Tenten for Tezuka-san, I'm pretty sure that Miyamoto-san was Miyahome, <laughs> I think. And that's actually just play on, you know, Miya, it's the same kanji, but home. You can read the last kind of his name as right, Moto, right. Miyamoto or Miyakon. So I guess maybe that's how we came up with that. So to break it down, how the concert was like laid out, it was like a song and then the MC would come on and um, you know talk about that song or introduce the next song. But then occasionally they would bring out a special guests like Koji Kondo and he would talk about how he made the music or then Miyamoto, how he made the game and then Tezuka, how he made the characters and the level design. I think that's, that's right. Or graphic design, right? So yeah, it was really interesting. Um, there were, was there anything new? Like the, the sound effect for going down the pipe and the sound effect for shrinking when you get hit is the same sound effect? I think I'd heard that before, but it was kind of like, oh, right, yeah. Was there anything new for you guys at all? Or? I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't remember yeah. anything in particular that I thought, oh, I it's new information. I just, what, what Kondo-san said about, you know, your mind interpolating or when the, the sound goes, or when the music goes out because of the sound effects playing. I thought that was kind of profound, you know. I was like, oh my God, I never realized that, yes, my mind really does interpolate that, you know. I don't particularly remember them saying anything that I thought, oh wow, I've never heard this before. It was just, you know, it was nice, natural talk either way, right. you know, the way the MC and the way the MC played off of uh, the guests there, you know, they all sounded pretty sincere when they were speaking, so that was really cool. I think if you didn't understand any Japanese, you might have been a little bit bored by some of the length of the conversations, but, you know. Yeah, it was pretty long. And then they also did a thing after the intermission, then, they did another, another portion where they actually brought out Mario Maker, right? Oh, that was cute. I really liked that. And, yeah, so they asked for a volunteer and um, who wanted to play this special quote-unquote special level that uh, Tezuka had made himself in Mario Maker and obviously like thousands of people put their hands up and they chose this little boy he was a second grade elementary school kid and he was super confident super like you know just totally finding on a stage in front of literally thousands of people yeah. uh, I mean I would have probably sold myself but that <laughs> kid was just like you have to wonder if the kid was maybe if the kid was an actor you know <laughs> I did wonder that he was almost too good wasn't he yeah right, right, yeah and he destroyed that level, didn't he? He oh, yeah. beat it in like yeah. 30 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But while they were doing that then, right, Konosan actually played the music on the piano while he was playing the stage, right? So they, they, he played the Mario music, and then uh, oh, that was when amazing. the kid picked up a star, they played the star music, you know? So yeah, that was a lot of fun with it. That's brilliant. The, the, the level itself was, um, I think it was just the words, wasn't it? Was it the first yeah, it level was, was exactly. 30th anniversary, the second one was just live. Yeah. It, was, it was a simple level, but you know, right. there, there were some bits where he could have died and he didn't. So, yeah. And then whether or not the kid was actually you know, an actor, they did say that they were going to give the kid this copy 
a Mario Maker with a signature, the, the, the special book that came with it, signed by all the guys, which, of course, we all really want. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tezuka opened the first page, and yeah, all the, all the signatures of Miyamoto, Tezuka, everybody was on the first page. Because by now, we've all, had, we've all got the book, but our book doesn't have that signature in the front page. So. Never will. <laughs> Never will. <laughs> and that got a huge gasp. In, I don't know if you, you heard that, the gasp from the audience. They're like, whoa, you know. I saw grown men just like, you know, shouting out that they wanted to play that level. <laughs> I just knew that they wouldn't choose me anyway, so I was like, yeah, exactly. why bother? It's, yeah, we were so far in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, you shouting in English, like, hey, over here, over here, pick me. <laughs> For just that portion, they're like, it's okay to film this portion. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, and so... At first, I thought about filming, and I realized, you know what? He specifically said this, so that means there's going to be a hundred videos that go up tonight. They're going to be just, tough, you know, having filmed that whole part. So I figured, you know what? I'm just going to delete that off my phone because I only have 16 gig phone anyway. So. I'm going to probably add like an English translation to that. So cool. check out my channel for uh, something like that sometime after this episode goes out. <laughs> um, so to wrap it up, um, yeah, epic concert, amazing. So glad I came. Um, too many good tracks to think of really there was the only thing missing was Mario Land one of my favorite games but Chris Cole had pointed that out to me that Koji Kondo didn't actually make that music so that's probably why it wasn't there so you know fair enough um, Danny any last words on the concert no I, I thought it was cool just also being in the same room as Miyamoto and Te- uh, Tezuka and Koji Kondo I mean it, I had been in the same room as him before, and actually, I was actually a little bit closer when I was at that Zelda concert years back. But yeah, it's don't cool. rub it in. <laughs> so it's cool just to be there and just to experience this with a bunch of other Nintendo fans, and you know, some good friends too. So yeah, no kidding, man. I mean, especially it was during that Mario Kart section that I really realized it's just it was so epic to get to hear that music, you know, at at the kind of level that it was. And getting to think back on all the great memories that I've had with the Mario franchise, you know, it's because of Nintendo that I'm here in Japan right now, you know, that I'm doing what I get to do, you know, every day, that I, I love what I do with my life, you know, and it's all thanks to, you know, getting that Nintendo game, looking at the back of it and seeing Made in Japan, you know, so it was just kind of reaffirmed that, you know, I'm so happy to be here. Yep. Awesome. Well, that about wraps it up for the special uh, Mario Concert section, and we'll go back to, well, me and Danny, and back to the live episodes. Coming back here, now we have some of the letters and tweets and questions all from you guys. And if you ever want to hit us up, there are several ways you can do that. If you want to hit us up via email, you can email us at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter, at the Famicast. And uh, you can have your letter or complaint read out on the air like these guys. (laughs) Cool. So So is this me? Yeah, James. How about, yeah, you go ahead and start talking about some of this. So, yeah, the first one is, uh, yeah, this is a pretty special one. Um, this is from Ollie, um, hacker alias Olimar84, and 
So we actually, me and Danny, um, actually met up with Ollie um, at uh, TGS. Yeah. Uh, well, not met up. I should say bump into. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he actually recognized us um, at TGS. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Danny remembers. Me and Danny were look at the uh, kind of the, the Mario kind of merchandise store. The, well, there's some, one that sells all the Nintendo plushies. I'm sure people have seen pictures by now, like the Splatoon plushies that were... The pictures of the thing where they said, please don't take pictures. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everyone's taking a picture of it by now. Mm -hmm. um, so I was looking at these like little wooden clips um, with Danny, and I was like, oh, those are pretty cool. I might... Um, but like, what do you use them for? And Danny said, you know, <laughs> to like, if you're eating a packet of chips, you know, crisps, you don't... to like, to reseal it afterwards. Come on. No, 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 this is it. And, and I said, oh yeah, like that ever happened with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and then this guy overheard that and he was like, are you guys from the Famicast? And uh, and I was like, yeah, sure, that's that's us. And I was like, that's Danny. That's this is me. I'm James. And uh, yeah, we got talking. And uh, this is Ollie who tweeted at us. And he said, yeah, it was great meeting you guys today. Keep up the good show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, tweeted a picture that we took all together. So uh, yeah. And then Johnny Metz followed it up and said, um, wow, that's awesome. I hope to visit all you guys in Japan in 2016. It's on my short list of travel dreams. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be cool to have Johnny on the Famicast, when they're live in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could happen. But it's, it's, it's all in Johnny's boat anyway. Right. right. Where uh, the Famicast budget doesn't stretch to uh, free plane tickets. That's just Cyrus's half of the you know, budget, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cyrus handles that. Yes. Next one is from Addison Webb, and he said, the annual TGS show is probably my favorite Famicast each year. And he's looking forward to, my, uh, to me finishing my trolling video. So yeah, that'll be up uh, shortly. There's a there's a rough cut up already, but I'm gonna do uh, I'm gonna recut that uh, soon. So yeah, check out yeah. my channel if you want to see the trolling, or if you want to see the non-trolling videos, check out uh, NWR TV. <laughs> yes. Um, the next one is from the winner of the Weefit Trainer Amiibo mm -hmm. uh, that yeah. uh, Danny gave away a few episodes back. Uh, this is uh, Mark Droney, uh, Hacker Alias Mad Newt Theory. And he says, uh, thank you, Danny, and the Famicast for the Amiibo. Um, he says, uh, James will be sad it wasn't sent by drone. Uh, <laughs> I think that's because I made fun of his name. <laughs> See. Okay, yes. A Famicast asshole right there. Okay, um, yeah. So, wait, yeah, I, keep him coming. And, uh, yeah, was, we'll I was going to say, there was one other little bit of... Uh, one other comment that actually I just saw on Twitter right before we started the show, and actually, Asai, we could thank you for this, uh, from Toys for Games. It's a big shout-out to the Famicast and a friend, Cyrus, for the mention on the most recent podcast. Thanks, guys. So, yeah, no, thank you guys. for See, Disney, Amiibo, I'm networking, and here you guys are laying into me the whole time. I'm finally making this podcast the next level. <laughs> yes. Do they get a lot of listeners? Well, yeah, they actually get a, quite a substantial amount of people every week. Yes, Twitter account is huge. Really? We need to uh, get their uh, PR guy <laughs> to replace <laughs> our PR guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, if you're listening and you have a Twitter account, uh, why, do, why don't you follow the Famicast? Come on. Yeah. Do it. Come on. Do it. Come on. We'll be your we best friends. We follow, like, at Southside. Fucking screw these jokers. 
Yes. I got the real news. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that's pretty much going to do it for comments and stuff like that. Like I said, feel free to email us, tweet at us anytime. Uh, we're going to take, for the podcast listeners, it's going to be another short musical break, and we'll be right back. This is going to go ahead and be the end of the show. So we're going to go ahead and give you guys our uh, Twitter handles, all that good stuff. And um, I'll go ahead and start us out. Uh, you can find me at DannyBiv, B-A-N-N-Y-B-I-V. Um, yeah, I think I just posted some stuff around TGS about what, you know, I've been playing and some other cool stuff like that, question mark. So, um, yeah. Um, Ty, how about you, man? Where can people find you? Oh, yes, my uh, Twitter is SuperCatDrugs. Mm-hmm. The finest handle of all the fighting game people, give or take uh, Doctor Snake Tits and Ebonic <laughs> Plague. Those are my, yes, those are real names that are my rivals for best handle in the fighting game community. Nice. <laughs> so you can uh, check my Twitter. Uh, it'll probably be about fighting games or Japan or just you know random jokey stuff. Mm-hmm. I like to retweet English waifu. <laughs> the best Twitter account. Mm-hmm. So yeah, enjoy that. Cool. Right on. And uh, Cyrus, how about you, man? I think you just put a plug out there earlier, but uh, go ahead and do it again. Yeah, I guess do it twice. I'm cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so yeah, you can follow me at Cellside if you're watching the video. Look, it's like right there. And uh, yeah, so I talk about lots of cool stuff that these guys are too too shallow to try and touch. Hey, like, I, 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 the mentioned, tweets. I mentioned the other day, Sai, I said I was kind of interested in the Disney Infinity stuff, and if it wasn't for, like, the huge paywall or if I just had a little bit more extra money, I actually get into it because the Star Wars stuff looks pretty cool. Or if you had a baby living in, with your house, in your house. Well, that's obvious, right? <laughs> Man, if I, if I had a kid, they would get, like, Nintendo games exclusively, and by that, I mean 8-bit. <laughs> I'll yeah. buy them a new game and they beat Ninja Gaiden. Yeah, James, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, I should. Uh, yeah, I should start my son off playing the uh, Mario Maker on the eight bit, and then move him up to sixteen bit. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. like, start him on like Ninja Gaiden, and then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Probably you hate only games. play games in the same years that I played them. You can have a Wii U. His first first three D games will be Star Fox and Stunt Race FX. <laughs> Not bad. Perfect. I like it. And Battletoads, Ninja Gaiden, Double <laughs> Dragon. Uh. <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll actually tell him to pronounce it wrong. Ga- Gaiden. Yeah, Gaiden. That's, that's, that's how we do it. it. Yeah. Yes. So, if, yeah, if you, <laughs> if you want to uh, follow the trolling uh, at Family Complicated, um, I'm tweeting pictures out of my Mario Maker levels at the moment. Um, probably links to my uh, TGS trolling videos and all the good stuff like that. Um, yeah, if you want to see pictures of like the Mario concert and you know what else, yeah, TGS, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, well, it's not only on my Twitter. There's also pictures on the website. <laughs> we didn't mention that before, but uh, <laughs> by the time you uh, listen to this, there'll be uh, photos of all the the good stuff from <laughs> TGS. You'll be able to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Please do enjoy. But yeah, the Mario Maker concert was amazing, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to the music throughout this show. It's pretty epic. And uh, yeah, if you if you like this show, I mean, we've got we covered a lot of shit in this episode. I mean, yeah. by that I mean good stuff. We got it. <laughs> TGS, you know, Mario Maker stuff, we got the concert, I mean, yeah, if you enjoyed it, then tell a friend, I mean, tell them, dude, there's this amazing podcast called The Famicast, you got to listen to it, yeah. I don't care if you start them with ep- this episode or another episode, episode one, whatever, <laughs> <laughs> tell a friend, we would appreciate it, yep. all right, cool, that's it, well, yeah, that's going to go ahead and do it for today, uh, gentlemen, Thank you very much for coming on. This is Danny Biven signing off and uh, speaking on behalf of Mr. James Charlton. Yes. Cyrus Delaney and Ty Sugar. Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.